What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers podcast. Perfect, perfect, perfect. What's the deal, Panther fans? It's your boy, Tony Dunn. It's the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com where every Tuesday night we chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective. Tonight's show is going to be an interesting one. Title of it is Three Stooges of Grief, Turnovers, Timeouts, and Takeaways. The Carolina Panthers um, are on a three-game skid, and we'll be asking a lot of questions about the nature of this team, about if this coaching staff is panicking, if – players are starting to get frustrated if matt rule may be getting a pass or maybe we're the ones panicking so there's gonna be plenty to talk about in each and every week i do it with my wheel man cody lastney what's up no pun intended you son of a bitch what's up tony (laughs) don listen man you know there's nowhere i'd rather be on a tuesday night than sitting here chilling with the homeboys talking about my favorite football team the carolina panthers Listen, we have a ton to talk about tonight, Tony Dunn. The Panthers are on a real bad losing streak. Uh, we kind of think our coaches are panicking. We're going to be asking, are we being too hard on Sam Darnold? We're going to talk about the importance Are we of get being too easy on him? Hey, man. Like it's it, the it, same it, question from each and se- every angle. Too hard on the coaching staff. Too easy on them. What does Stephon Gilmore mean to this team going forward? Tony, you know we have a ton to talk about, but per usual, we're going to do it with the best Panther fans in all of YouTube, Tony Dunn. We're going to do it with Tim Estes, Panthers are Kings, Eternal Rage 21, Drew, my man, AJ Lindsay, Justin, Pipe Slinger, Kevin Boschoven, ATX19, Jay Prey, Lee Trotter, Tony Dunn, Ain't nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. Uh, man, we appreciate all y'all's support. You can call into the show at 252-228-5098. That's 252-228-5098. Smash the thumbs up button, subscribe. You can find the show on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast later on. Uh, mad growth going on because Panther Nation is 
circling the wagons right now. And CK, we got to circle the wagons. There's a lot of um, social media angst. There's a lot of nervousness. I think some of the expectations were enhanced after over the first three weeks that made these last three weeks hurt and sting a little bit more. But we got to keep these guys together. We got to keep us fans together. How bad is it? I mean, listen. Oh, and welcome to the show. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to be here, guys. I appreciate it. Um, the the reality is, and this is stuff we're going to talk about throughout tonight's show and moving forward, is when we came into this season, we knew that there was a big chance that this was going to be the reality. The problem is we were hoping that it wasn't going to happen this quickly. We have been, uh, we have fallen victim to this pattern far too often where we start out hot. And then we have a big time loss, which you can call that Dallas uh, a one possession game all you want. That was a big time loss. And then we just crumble. Um, and I may have an unpopular opinion about all of this because I know that there is, uh, you know, uh, there is some positives to this defense. But I have to, you know, we want to. I watched the second half of that game, and I don't care how often the offense was giving the ball back to them, that defense wasn't good. Like, for the most part, there were. The, the only reason we were in it wasn't our defense. It was our special teams. And you can call Frankie Luvu our defense, but that was a special teams play. Like, that's the only reason we were in this game. Um, and I may be a, more of a defender of Sam Darnold even after this past game, um, even after the past few weeks of Sam Darnold, um, because he did something that we've asked a quarterback to do for the past two or three seasons that nobody's been able to do, and that is take the ball down the field when it counted put the ball in the end zone and give your team a chance to win. He got the overtime win. He got the uh, pushed the ball down the field twice. And then one time got the actual touchdown and the two point conversion. And we've got to give him credit because he was failed on all accounts by his receivers, by his, uh, by his offensive line, who wasn't as bad today. I mean, on Sunday, I will be the first, I didn't get a chance to watch the post game. I'm sure you guys talked about it. They weren't the worst part. They weren't the biggest reason we lost. I'll put it that way. But I'm, I'm going to blame our defense. They've had every like every game that we've lost, they've had an opportunity to stop them at the end of the game, and they haven't done it. No matter how gassed you are, you still have to play all 60 minutes, and you can blame the offense all you want, but the defense has to take some responsibility as well. CK coming in strong, firing bullets right away. Greg, the bat daddy, the stat daddy. How you been, my man? Up, oh, you're on mute. Yeah, you muted yourself. Man. <clears throat> muted myself sorry there were dishes in the background uh, i'm doing all right man uh you know after this week y'all know where i was beforehand it's still i stand with sam but damn <laughs> how you, you know? gonna stand with sam like, man, man i like this is the most damn. negative guy for the last whatever four years on this I'm show trying to be positive <laughs> whatever it is and now he's standing with sam all right well um what else we got coming up tonight? Let's outline the show a little bit. Obviously, the fans can be a part of it by calling in at 252-228-5098. They've been helping us out. We've been growing a lot on YouTube. Got a lot of cool content coming out. What else we got? Oh, we got a good guest coming up in a little while. John Farmer, the One Carolina. One Carolina. You can follow him on Twitter at the One Carolina um, to help us get through the couch session. You know what I'm saying? Like that's what it is. A little therapy in the beginning. And then we're going to determine if we got to start talking nasty words. You know, I don't know what we're going to do. What else we got? So, uh, listen, um, yeah, I think, uh, 
Yeah, let, let's just go ahead and start here. Um, I want to start with Matt Rule because Matt Rule basically had a very revealing press conference, came out and said that the Carolina Panthers are not a very good passing team and that we intend to run the football a lot more than we have been. And I don't know necessarily what to make of this. I don't know why you would openly signal that, hey, we're going to run the football way more than we have been. Um, I don't necessarily know what that does other than tell your opponents, hey, now we're going back to smash mouth football. We're going to try and run it through the A gaps and B gaps. But then he also said you can't, we're not a team that can play smash mouth football. So he didn't go back to smash. We can't play it. So he said we need to run the ball. I think this is a sign our coaching staff is panicking, Cody. I think they're panicking. And maybe they're not panicking in their own internal soul, but they are totally not handling the pressers well. Like, I feel it's very reactionary. Yeah. It's reactionary, and it's also to the point where you just really start to get that feel of unease. Like, they don't know what to do about this. Like They've had a bunch of time to install an offense that would be, you know, good and that would be able to spread the ball around. And I, listen, we've been saying it for a while. It's very telling when Christian McCaffrey goes out and then your entire offense falls off of a cliff. I mean, that was never sustainable. And Matt Rule even uh, mentioned the fact that uh, Christian being out essentially forced them to be more versatile and try and be better in figuring out ways to spread the football around. And it just seems very uninventive. Um, on top of that, uh, one of the things that uh, I think was fun to share since Matt Rule wants us to go more to a, a rushing attack rather than a passing attack, 25.2% of Carolina's rushing attempts have failed to gain any yardage. That's the highest rate in the league right now. So, How again, is that really the highest rate. That's crazy. But it doesn't even, but does it even sound that, that far that to you? Like 80% that? Yeah, of them of have gotten yardage, though. Isn't but that that's what statistic means 75, but that's not good. You got to think 82. about think, think about like how often we run the ball and it goes absolutely nowhere. Mm-hmm. Like it's a drop for a loss. Mm-hmm. Like I, I would be interested to see that. Like, I mean, well, yeah, that's that right. wouldn't correlate right. really at so all. Let's with not total get yards. too far off a track here. Yeah. You're right. So yeah. we can go down this rabbit hole and not be like, but is it really about rushing the football or as much as this coaching staff, it seems like this is in, um, all right. Uh, before Christian McCaffrey was hurt, Right, they he comes out. They give him thirty touches in week one, or whatever it was, and then everybody gets up here. The reporters start asking him questions. Is the workload too much on Christian McCaffrey? Then the next week, they try to give Chuba the ball a few times. Right, like to it felt like man, it's like they were reading the headlines, and now we got to give Chuba the ball a little bit. Then the next week, Christian McCaffrey gets hurt. And it's like, oh, well, now they're reading the headlines about that. And then it's like, well, Robbie Anderson, we got to get him more involved. And all of a sudden, they're forcing the ball to Robbie Anderson, right? It's like it's – and then, Matt, and this is where the panic kind of is weird to me. It's like all of a sudden, like, if we would have run the ball more, the game would have been all that much different right there. 
And then he says this, the problems are glaringly apparent. We all know what they yeah. are. He said, I mean, his words were exactly that. Is mm-hmm. and I think if you are a Panthers fan, which if you if you cheer for him for one second or every moment of your life, you're a Panthers fan. But I mean, if you've been listening to these podcasts or whatever, is everybody knows that the problems right now or have been offensive line, questions about quarterback. And now questions about the coaching staff. Like, so yes, they are glaringly apparent and we've all been talking about them for ad nauseum. And you know what? Matt rule has been asked questions about the offensive line ad nauseum. And the, the reason why we're all feeling like they're starting to panic is because what are they going to say after each and every press conference all well, you know, our Y'all were right. Yeah, our O-line <laughs> ha- has to pass protect better. It's like it, it, it's going to end up being the same old thing. Um, and you know, we're we're trying to make moves and bring guys up from the from the practice squad. I don't even know how long Deontay Brown's going to be out, but doesn't matter anyway because it's not Who like cares? Matt Rule would play. Who him. cares? That's just yeah, a name I, that we've all been saying forever. I will. I was going to ask the other guys. This is that. Is it panic? right now for the coaching staff or is it just sort of the reality of it you know what i mean is I've, that like what else do you say i'll tell you what my belief is like what this makes me feel like is just it reminds me of somebody who's in over their head right like the way really? that they, yeah it just, i don't like to hear this oh, i don't please. either and i'm sure that some of this can be changed but how like how often have we said that this entire season falls back on coaching. Like, mm-hmm. even when we didn't feel like we were winning, we felt like it was Joe Brady. We felt like Matt Rule was horrible at time management. Like, all season, and then when things start to go the wrong, wrong way, you just start to have this domino effect, right? Um, I, I, like, I, I am open to blaming oh. Sam Darnold. Like, right, I, I have that, that ability to do that. Like, we open to it. Man, right? you got to just go ahead and do it. Well, you've got to you've got to do that, but at the same time, like at some point, you've got to realize that maybe it's just the coaching. Maybe they don't know how to work these guys. Yes, we had a failure on our wide receivers by dropping eight out of twenty five catchable passes. Like that's unacceptable. That's what they're paid to do is catch balls in in really important positions. And and Robbie Anderson failed too often. He was six of those those drops in the first half. I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think I read that stat. Um, and yeah. it just it's. At some point, you've got to just say, hey, listen, like the coaching staff has failed to adjust after halftime every single game. Mm-hmm. Like they have not done anything. The third quarter, like those third quarter stats are absolutely abysmal. Like you should not like we have seven total or let's say 14 total scored points in the third quarter. And seven of those are from your special teams. That's a problem in six games. That's a huge problem. Mm-hmm. I think you need to start to address that. And I had. Again, I, I don't know that Matt Rule has, and uh, I, I like I said in this press conferences when he's he's making. I mean, we've all said it. Like the way he approaches talking highly about people, and the next day releasing them. The the way that he uh, approaches like giving away every like if he's really honestly talking about running more. Well, now people know how to fucking plan against us. Why would you say that? Like, what is the point in telling us that we're going to be a more run happy team? It makes no sense. It we're really, about to really pass really seven thousand times. Don't worry. Yeah. Um. All right. We we've got plenty to talk about, guys. Go ahead and smash the thumbs up button. Be a part of the show. 
252-228-5098. Let's go ahead and bring in um, a big-time member of Panther Nation and oh, yeah. uh, of of um, this community that YouTube has been creating. And as the culture of the Carolina Panthers continues to grow, John, One Carolina, you can find him on Twitter at the One Carolina. John, welcome to the C3 Panthers podcast. What's up, man? I finally made it. I feel like I've uh, been donned now. <laughs> hey, you're the man, dude. Hey, we love some one Carolina over here, man. We- oh man, I appreciate it. It's a, it's a reciprocal feeling, man, because I feel the same way about you guys. And uh, you know, we were all, you know, what I mean, look, is that fans are passionate. You know, we're passionate. That's what we are. Is uh, I never have claimed to be a football expert, just an expert football fan. Same. And uh, you know, we are supposed to be fanatical, so I am forgiving to people uh, for some for their positions or whatever so i don't don't ever like the high horse position but let's go ahead and start off with somebody who has taken a little toll and his little question marks and that's sam darnold Mm -hmm. we gotta start with here is this is that uh carolina panthers uh have been through a kind of a merry-go-round of quarterbacks in the last couple years Mm -hmm. sam darnold being the or carousel yeah, and Sam Darnold being the one that uh, is this year's commodity, and he is uh, who we have at this point. But uh, started off pretty well in the first three games. Cody mm-hmm. will come up here and tell you, like, look, is my man got three hundred yards several times. Uh, all of a sudden, in the last three games, the turnovers have spiked, um, and questions have emerged if Sam Darnold is uh, what they thought he was. Mm-hmm. What do you think about Sam Darnold's appearance uh, as a care or what do you think about him as a player in Carolina? I think Sam Darnold. And again, thank you guys for having me tonight. Um, I think Sam Darnold is a very interesting, you know, uh, quarterback prospect. Um, number one, just to kind of go back to who he was as a quarterback, you know, in this day and time, quarterbacks are groomed at such an early age. Like we watch uh, what's going on with Arch Manning right now. And uh, how the recruiting yeah. process is, you know, going with him. I mean, even, you know, Clemson's current quarterback, DJ Uyunglele, and, you know, uh, so many others that have come through the, you know, Pop Warner, you know, some of those higher ranks, you know, whatever, and, and have been coached up for so long. Many people don't realize Sam Darnold was actually a linebacker in high school for a time, right? And he was a really good basketball player. So we're actually still watching Sam Darnold develop as an actual quarterback right before our eyes because he's only 24 years old, I believe, right? And so I think that he shows the capability of being able to, you know, be, I guess, a steady hand for the franchise but or a steady hand at franchise quarterback. But I think one of the biggest problems with him is, you know, sometimes the, it, it looks like he lacks confidence because you can see it when he gets it. But then you can also see it when it leaves. And that's kind of been the, you know, the story of him with the Jets has been the story of him with us early in the season. You know, obviously the uh, three game start uh, three and no, a lot of confidence. It seems like after the Dallas game, things just kind of, you know, started unraveling. But I still see things that I'm hopeful for. You know, I talked about today uh, about his muscle memory. You know, it when you, you know, spend so much time trying to defend yourself against, you know, you know, rush all the time it creates bad habits. So when you watch that first play, as I mentioned, you can see him jumping around as opposed to stepping up in the pocket. And and here's what's interesting. If you go watch that play compared to the play 
at the towards the end of the game during that drive where they tied the game. He stepped up in the pocket and hit Ian Thomas on probably one of the more harder and more difficult throws and really just the timing, I mean, that you would see by any quarterback at any level on any standard, right? So it just really doesn't make sense. So it's like, all right, is it the play calling? Is it him? It's just really interesting to watch this thing develop. But I believe that we still have something salvageable here. And to be honest with you, I don't think we have much of a choice outside of going with uh, P.J. Walker. So, you know, it's interesting to watch to see what happens. Do you think that maybe we were too reactionary to Sam's bad performance this past Sunday in light of, well, and I'll just throw this up on screen. This is from um, Mike Renner from PFF. Uh, he says, Panthers receivers dropped eight of Sam Darnold's 25 catchable passes on Sunday. Mm-hmm. That's the six most drops in any game over the last decade. Which and, is crazy. Yeah, which, yeah, it doesn't even sound right. Like, how is that true? But I don't know. It is. Uh, my, my thing is this. This has been the game where we have now heard from the fans and people on Twitter and in our chat room the loudest criticism of Sam Darnold. Mm-hmm. And some people feel like, well, no, he really is the same Sam Darnold of old. When you pressure him and get pressure in his face, he starts seeing ghosts and mm-hmm. throwing in the double coverage and really taking a bunch of uh, chances that he probably shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. Do you think that we're having the same conversation about Sam Darnold if our receivers play a better game? Or do you think that Sam is kind of starting to show what kind of ceiling he actually has for us? That's a great question. Um, I would say, first off, to the fans, you're fair in your assessment. Like, it's not, you know, I, I kind of pride myself on being the guy looking at the glass half full all the time, and I know sometimes yep. that can come off as, you know, disingenuous, right? But you're fair in your assessment because the only thing we're beholden to is greatness, right? I mean, as fans, like, that's just at the end of the day, right? But at the same time, I would reserve my judgment because we've seen man you just never know when these guys are going to pop when it finally clicks you know it's a, it's a whole new offense it's a new coaching staff a new team a new city i mean there's so many different variables at this right but at the same time you do have to look at some of the forced passes and the things that you see that trouble you you know like for instance that pick to Robbie Anderson i mean when he's rolling out on a comeback route there's really no way that you could drive the ball enough to even give him a chance at that ball you know on that interception obviously but it was a bad you know it's a bad the play was it took too long it did it took a long time everything it was like it wasn't even all right keep going i mean it was just like nothing was good about it what's crazy about what you just said is like you know and i think i heard tim jenkins talk about this on you guys' show uh one time before about uh his uh jets tape the you know that's one of the first plays if not was it the, I, I missed it because i had some stuff i had to do and, and get home me too i was um, driving back from my yeah. 95 it was literally the, the very first snap it was the first play it was the very first good one. pick to be right. honest i mean it was a good catch the yeah, ball but, was kind of in the ground it wasn't the ball like, should have been out of sam's hands far faster and i agree the protection on that play was the best that I have seen it all year. It was just shitty from the yeah. start. All right, so the, don't listen. Look, people are going to come out and say everything's scripted, and then the, and it is. They right. came out and tried to hit a big play in the first play. That was what it is. Is they yeah. came out and they were trying to spark 
like turn mm-hmm. this ship. And maybe yeah. that goes to the coaching panic a little bit. Yeah. Or maybe I don't even think it's panic is look, cause I think Joe Brady is learning on the job. I do too. Um, and I, and I got plenty to say, but the, the thing is they were trying to get the big play. Right. And then once it won't there, Sam saw it won't there. And then it was like, what the hell's happening now? Like, he's like, oh shit, I'm about to get sacked. And then he wasn't really about to get sacked. And then he kind of was. And then he threw it over to Rob. I mean, it was just, it didn't work. It didn't work at all. And it ended in disaster. I want to just bring this up, though. Go ahead. You guys were talking about Sam Darnold. If he's like Cody, you said, what did you say? Is like, is, is this just, is he, are we starting to ultimately see that is not right? To, to that yeah, effect. I mean, you are know? we ultimately starting and, to see that there is a ceiling on him that we thought then, he would be able to supersede? The or, only thing I would go or ahead. you also referenced though is that, or is it like if he would have, if these guys would have caught the ball, would be would we be thinking of it? Yeah, would we be having different. a different conversation? So there's this like a kind of thing in mm-hmm. literature called like natural determinism. Mm-hmm. And uh, like, if you've ever heard of like, um, I mean, I, everybody's heard of Call of the Wild, Jack mm-hmm. London. And the idea is kind of like this, is that like, it is what it is. Like, it can't mm-hmm. be different. Isn't yeah. it? Do you think we're being a little too much? Like, I feel like every moment, like all of a sudden now Robbie Anderson sucks. Right. And it's like, yeah, it's that he had a couple of bad games. And he is. And I mean, like, I'm not trying to congratulate. I'm not trying to defend. But it's that, like, all of a sudden, like, he can't be good again. And now the other mm-hmm. thing is this is ultimately it's like, look, we saw three bad games from the Carolina Panthers and Sam Darnold. It can't work. It's over. That's how I feel like it is. It's like it's right. determined. No reason to watch anymore. You should okay, quit. I, let me let me say this right. So I'll I'll give you this, <clears throat> and and most people you may get this right, but some people get it wrong, and I'll and I'll kind of loop this all together. Can any of you guys tell me what color the yield sign is? Like Ooh, the road the road yield sign. What color is it? Orange. No, I thought it was like yellow. 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 No. Why? It, no, it's, it's, it's red. It's, it's red. red. Isn't it? It's red. It is red. Here's what happens. It's called uh, it's called <laughs> unconscious competence. So. I learned this. Okay. I'm a, I'm Ooh, a sales, I like this. Right. So sales geek. Unconscious competence is when your mind tells you a certain thing because you've seen something so much, so many different times. All we've seen over the past few seasons is we start hot and we slow down. We start hot. We slow down. <laughs> yeah. we start hot. Right. So naturally, what we're not viewing and realizing that, that this is the second year of a whole new coaching staff and a new regime, a brand new GM. We got to give these things time to get cohesion, right? That's the first yep. thing. Now, what we're learning, I saw a comment that someone posted earlier, right? Uh, they said that Joe Brady was given the reins. Maybe this was his opportunity to, you know, uh, kind of see what he could do on his own. Matt Rule sounds like he's going to take over a little bit of the play calling. Now, I got to say this. Matt Rule, to me, needs to take media training. Like because some of these yeah, press conferences, I, are, yes. I, think I think he says too much. Like get straight to the point and move on, man. You're not a preacher. Yeah. Like I get it, but get straight to the point, move forward. You don't have to. I know you got a hobnob with these guys, and I know you got people like uh, Joe Person and, and David Newton, you know, breathing down your neck, you know, every week. But 
at the same time, like, just say what you got to say and move on. Leave that to people like us to say what we say. Leave it to the guys out there. But leave it all on the field. You know, just go in. You got your game plan. You know exactly what you want to do. Go handle business, right? Have so, you heard the Chargers quarterback uh, coach, though? Brandon he's Staley? Like the, Brandon he's like Staley. the best dude to talk to. Like I, mean, like, I would listen to him talk about anything. Like, whatever. If he could, t- if he would explain to me how to fix a car, I would listen to it. Right. Like, he could read more into so listen to the whole thing. I mean, I feel like he gives even, he gives the most information. He does the complete. Uh, like he's like the so if Matt Rule's kind of in the middle to me, some some coaches like I ain't even want to talk to you. Like Bill Belichick, like I hate the way you look because you're a reporter. <laughs> this other guy kills you with information. He's like, I'm just gonna I'm gonna tell you everything about football till you just love me. The reason I What's love the name, the Cody? Uh, is that the Chargers head coach? Yeah, Brand- Brandon Staley. God, he's awesome. Yeah, and by the way, before we go uh, forward, uh, real quick, or your business. Kyle Hampton with the five dollars says when Sam takes control over Brady's weak play calling, it looks great even in the Dallas game. Good point. Uh, appreciate you, Kyle. And then Grim Reaper gave us a five dollars. Uh, here's just a few minutes ago. So once again, we appreciate the money. We never asked for it. It's always appreciated. But uh, continue, John. Go ahead. Man. Well, you know, I, I may be jumping forward here a little bit, but I think the reason that I love the position that we're in right now is that we're infrastructure building right i heard you guys talking about david tepper earlier and that look you know i (laughs) i actually put it together as an album cover called fire squad you know like you know just being funny but you know normally dave tepper's up there eating nachos or whatever with his wife nobody's there he was just there by himself right you know and you could tell that (laughs) yeah he was pretty upset but here's the thing the reason why I think David Tepper is going to give this time is because when you trade securities, you have to build infrastructure first. He's that he's a hedge fund manager, so he knows this all too well. If you go look at where Scott Fitter came from in Seattle, that's exactly what they were doing the two years previous of Russell Wilson getting there. Now, they kind of lucked up on that situation, getting Russell in the third round. But if you remember, it was seven and nine, seven and nine, and then they get Russell in this 11 and five. Well, what were they doing in those two years? It was infrastructure building. What I saw from Keith Taylor, I think Keith Taylor is going to be his version of Richard Sherman, right? Because of where he was drafted, not because of the style of play, but just because of where he was drafted, right? So it's just more infrastructure building. You bring in a Stephon Gilmore to just illuminate the room. It may not even be that he's the uh, best player for us, but when you bring a guy in that knows how to get it done, he understands championship level football, then he's going to be a guy that's going to be able to, you know, give these guys a little guidance on what they need to do to play the position. And for all we know, that could, it could be little small things that he told Keith Taylor just talking to him over the last you know week or so that could have made all the difference with how he played on Sunday. So I just love seeing the infrastructure building. But one thing I got to say is the biggest difference between the Seattle situation and ours is that they did have a gadget player in Percy Harvin who was very similar to Christian McCaffrey, but they also had a bruiser at running back in Marshawn Lynch. And I feel like yeah. we have to get something similar to that because – C-Mac, for as great as he is, the question's coming in. Man, I mean, he's gotten, you know, a lot bigger than he was when he was drafted. But I don't think he was ever really built to be a between-the-tackles consistent running back for a long time. Like, yeah, it worked for a couple of years, but now we're starting to see the effects of it. So, you know, with the infrastructure building, I think this will come over time. But I'm just looking forward to it. But obviously for the right now, we have to look at what, you know, we have going on. And, you know, we just judge it game by game. So, I'm excited, though. I got a positive outlook from where we're going, and I, I like what I see. I think some adjustments need to be made, and I think they will do just that. 
You know, uh, before we go any further, man, we have a lot of love for one Carolina in the chat room, man. Oh, appreciate uh, it. Yeah, we, yeah, man, we, we love John. He always brings great takes on this Panthers football team. But uh, before we go any further, uh, CK, look, man, we got a bunch of freaks in the chat room, man. I and love they this got a, They got a very particular fetish. And, uh, dude, we don't kink shame around here, man. So why don't you give them what they're looking for, Big Papa? Ladies and gentlemen of all ages, if you haven't hit that like button yet, I don't know what you're doing with your life. Right now, I'll give you guys some idea. We have 127 of you legends in here right now watching. See this big bald head? It needs a like. I need that <laughs> affirmation in my life. <laughs> Subscriber shame. Subscriber shame. 128 people watching. 63 thumbs up. Man, listen, if you want to continue to support the content and help us grow and help us get more fans to Panther Nation, hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. And hey, man, tell a friend. Tell a friend, uh, any of your Panther friends who want to come and hang out, talk some football. Hey, man, this is the place to be, dude. Hit the notification bell uh, to get updates every time we go live. Man, C3's got it going on for you, man. You already know. Hit them likes. This, uh, look, do you see this uh, comment right here? It says, Professor was ready to run Shaq out of town before the season. Now this dude has proven he's the most important player on this defense. Mm. Now, let me say some things. Is that, yeah, I mean, like, run him out of town? Yeah, I guess so. He is missed that no I said, yes, is, is I said uh, 100 is that we drafted this guy, and I got so hype on him being, like, kind of what Jeremy Chin, we think he could kind of be, like, this super versatile player that no one's ever seen before. That's what I was sold by Dave Gettleman that Shaq Thompson was. And then five years later, he had his first good season. So, yeah, huh? it's like, yeah, then I was like, Shaq Thompson has a great, he had a great three games. Mm-hmm. He had a great three games, right? Carolina did. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, and so, you know what? I mean, like, it, yeah, it's, and he's the only linebacker that's played more than like 27 snaps. <laughs> on the field at this point. Jermaine Carter Jr. is fine with me. Like, I don't think mm-hmm. he's a weakness or anything like this. I've been um, impressed with Jermaine. Sure. I like I was hard on him. Yeah, he's going on me too, Before uh, we get too far away from Sam Darnold, can I ask a question about yeah, Sam Darnold? Come on. Sure. Let's go. Um, I, I believe Sam Darnold. I, I see things in him that I feel like he can be a quarterback, like you said, that can that can steady the ship, and he can he can be a franchise quarterback. I want to know why we're not calling more uh, like called runs for the quarterback, or why he's not rushing the ball, especially in this mm, game. Yeah. It seems like there were a few times he could have taken off and run, even if you didn't get two three two three yards. It's better than throwing interception, fumbling the ball, incomplete mm-hmm. pass. I just didn't see that in this game. What I've seen all year. Do you think he's strong enough to be an offensive weapon? with his legs or yes. is it just a fluke we've seen so far? No, no, I don't think it's a fluke because if you go back to his, uh, his tape at USC, you know, he was considered a guy that could, uh, Jordan Palmer talked about this a lot. Like he's a guy that does something different. Like he kind of scrambles within the pocket. But when you watch the run that he ripped off, you know, uh, going into that, you know, I guess a minute left in the game, Big one. Yeah. Uh, a huge, yeah. You know? And so, 
Amy to, had that one back when he played for the Jets last year. Remember, yeah, you remember the against, one too? He's like uh, high stepping on mugs or whatever. Yeah. I think it was against the Broncos, if I'm not mistaken. He but, won uh, the angry running uh trophy for that one, I think. Yeah, Thursday night football, and he scored. You know, it was yep. like a 60 yard, 60, 70 yard run. So yeah, I mean, I, I think that you know, obviously his first instinct is to throw the ball, but you know, I think that there's been such a stigma put on the running quarterback, right? That a lot of these guys try to you know, not, and I don't know this for a fact, you know, I'm just kind of speculating, but you know, sometimes I think these guys may have it in their mind. Like, you know, I need to, obviously I always need to be looking past first, pass first. Plus you got receivers. I'm going to tell you something uh, interesting. Um, Bat daddy. I think it is. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. So, um, which dope mule near, by the way, do you have Stormbreaker? No, uh, no, I have uh, just Mjolnir. Mjolnir, just Mjolnir? Okay, Stormbreaker, cool. yeah. But um, one of the things that I think is, uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm a Marvel nut. But hey, um, we're all nerds up in here, man. You're amongst family. It's all right. Awesome. So, you know, I think that if you – one of the things I noticed, man, like Robbie had a lot of those drops that we talked about. Do you guys think that there's potential that he could be forcing the ball to Robbie just because Robbie's – I think it was you know, clear in that – like him. in the last two games. I think mm-hmm. in the last two games. I don't even feel like Robbie – was not getting looks in the beginning either. It was almost maybe that DJ had a lot in the first two. DJ games was shut there. down in this game too. But like, yeah, I mean, like, I got him. Yeah. Yes, I mean, in this last game, it was clear, and then they kept going back and back and back to him. But to finish yeah. your, to finish that uh, point, uh, Bat Daddy, the the one thing I will say is this: it it would only help to add it to the repertoire, right? Mm-hmm. Because if he can do it, not necessarily that they're calling like design runs for him, but what I would say is that. You know, if he looks in, you know, second read and, hey, if you got an open lane, man, take off because it's going to keep the defense Like honest. a QB like, draw yes. every now and then mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah, I mean, like six plays a game. How about that? If you go yeah, back and look at that first play, game. look at that first play where that Pocky had such a good pocket, mm-hmm. both the line, there was nobody rushing but the, but the four people on the line. I mean, right. they stopped the four people in the line, but everybody else stole holding back. They were looking for him to run mm-hmm. that for that first play. Yeah, but you know, one of the things that I that happens within the confines of a, of a play like that is that if the quarterback is a steady hand looking off safeties, you know, kind of misdirection with with your eyes, that's a big thing. Like you never notice. Like Tom Brady faces those kind of things all the time, where linebackers drop back, they only rushing four guys. Like what blew that play up to me is Sam dancing around because receivers start to yes. change their routes when that happens so like when you're jumping around like it's like okay well let me start improvising you know what i'm saying and then robbie comes back on a curl and it's like that that probably wasn't even designed to be the exact uh route formation but it just right. was kind of improvised because they're watching you know obviously once they're outside of the route what what the quarterback's doing and so to me it just kind of felt like you know it wasn't if he would have stepped up in the pocket and just stayed a steady hand at that time, knowing that he had the protection, then that play probably turns out better. Or he gets somebody open or the chance to just throw it away as opposed to just having the happy feet. I think Sam – yeah, you say it right at the end there, happy feet. Mm -hmm. Sam has happy feet. Part of that is because he, he didn't in the trust. first three games, though. And that's what we were saying. He was looking more confident, this and that. But this is a, a systematic c- failure. This isn't a one person failure. And he is part of that system. He's failed as well. Well, it, it is. Yeah. But I think it's a, cum- it's a cumulative effect as well. The offensive line, frankly, to me, continues to get worse every single performance. Awful. Mm-hmm. So well, not so they continue a little to get bit worse. better than the Eagles. But then even when Sam because listen, on that first pass of the game, 
I'm telling you, that damn pocket was pristine. It, it, mm-hmm. He had time to throw the football, mm-hmm. but it, it's like he's always anticipating that he's about to get blown up. So he starts to panic. He wants to get the ball out soon. And then he starts to scramble. Well, he didn't get when the ball really, out soon. It was like a four-second play. There wasn't a need to scramble, though. And he still did it. And, you know, Robbie was trying to, as uh, as John said, come back to the football. And he just throws a boneheaded interception to the sideline. Like, if you're going to throw that ball, it, it, needs, it needs to be at the very end of a three-step drop, turn, and fire. And and he, yeah. he didn't do that, man. And True. and, and right, I, I, I think those are the things that are on Sam Darnold. It's not that I don't think Sam uh, can't be better, because I do think he can be better. Mm-hmm. But my biggest fear, and I've been saying this for a while now, is just like the Jets didn't provide him a scenario to be successful, man, looking at this offensive line, I don't know what we're going to be able to do to calm his own nervousness and make this offensive line better for his pass protection. Cody, can I say something? The opportunity to do. Sure. Tony, I know you were getting ready to go, but I want to say something real, real quick because what you just said about the offensive line, let me tell you what makes me mad, man. Yeah. I saw something that, that play that I was telling you about. First of all, the degree of difficulty being like, it, it just doesn't make any sense. Like that first play versus that last play where he threw the, the ball on a rope. I mean, Go watch that play for yourself. Watch the entire play develop when he threw that ball to Ian Thomas out of the end zone, right? The way that the offensive line blocked, you can just tell that these guys have it in them to be able to do this. I just wonder if they have a lack of confidence because let me tell you what I saw. Michael Jordan, new install, right? Yeah. At left guard, you see he starts off because they're only rushing, I think, maybe three, guys, three four guys, right? He starts off doubling with Matt Paradis on the tackle. He backs off of him because he sees that Cam Irving is struggling back there, which obviously, okay, kill me for it. I know I've been the whole Cam Irving guy or whatever, but he sees Cam Irving struggling. (laughs) He's not been awful. I mean, he's been bad, really he's not been the worst left tackle we ever had. Michael Jordan peels off of him. I mean, this play design was executed to perfection. Lance Kendricks was literally step for step with Ian Thomas. He had to throw it in a place where only he could grab it or he would have hit Lance in the back of the head or uh, Michael Kendricks, whatever his name is. But the point is, is that when Michael Jordan backs off of doubling with Matt Paradis, he goes back and absolutely levels. uh, uh, What's his name? Everson, um, Everson Griffin, uh, 97 for the uh, Vikings. I mean, levels of man. Sam steps up in the pocket, delivers a strike. And the reason that makes me so angry is because it's like, why can't y'all do this all the time? Like, what's the mental block there? But maybe that's one of those plays. Like I said, I'm a big fan of finding the win. You got to find the small win somewhere. I'm going to find a win when I show that tape and say, look, guys, I'm going to show you right here. You can do it. It's possible, right? But this like was just that. on a – I mean, we're talking about streaks. Like, every every receiver was literally running. It was a man-on-man situation. Like, it's like backyard football, and Sam delivered a strike. It can't happen. They just got to find find the fire in the belly and get it done, man. I think where I wanted to go with this is because, look, look it's – you know, everybody, we're going to talk about Sam Darnold. We're going to talk about this offensive line. The one thing that I – 
I don't want to kind of pull the pitchforks out on any one player. Like, all right, so for instance, Robbie Anderson. I feel like this is that Robbie Anderson has had a bad three-game stretch. Mm-hmm. And he deserves to be criticized for it. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's like, oh, my God, his contract now is this. And they're just like, it's overkill. I, I Look, as I watched the Robbie Anderson press conference, he went out there and took his lumps. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just did. Like, I mean, like, what do you want him to say? We want to like uh, apologize for playing hard. Like he went out there and he said, "I got to be accountable. I got to get better. I got to do my." He said all the right stuff. Mm-hmm. He did, and he hasn't played well. And it's yeah, the- all right to criticize him, criticize him, but you don't need to be like, "Oh, he can't be a good receiver again." So what I'm trying to bring this, I'm gonna circle this though. Then you could have that same conversation about Sam Darnold, mm-hmm. right? Bad, bad three games. Yes, criticism deserved. Should we natural? Is it the call of the wild? Do we got to say all of a sudden it can't happen? Now let's go to one other person who has taken some criticism or a lot of criticism and is do that. Joe Brady, the Mm -hmm. wonder boy who you guys came in and told me over and over he's about to revolutionize football. And I said this. You and you used to, man, man. We'll go back to the tape, Cody. You used to be like, yeah. Oh, Tony, you're a hater on this. It's like you ain't all, you ain't all on the Joe Brady. And all I say is this: is look, look. I hope he does fantastic. Is like, let's see. He hasn't been an offensive coordinator anywhere. He's had some ve- success. You then link him to the Sean Payton joint. All this, all this. You guys told me this, and I'm rooting for him. And now, two or three games in, and people are saying this guy doesn't know anything about football. I hope he's gone. And I would say just this is he's been like, he's got a lot of room to improve. Yeah. And he is part of the issue, but people want to say everybody all of a sudden sucks. That's it. No, and so, I'm the guy okay. that has hated all these motherfuckers me, from the beginning. And now I'm the re- defender of them. Let me, let me respond to that. Right. So listen, I, I've been saying it since before the season started, everybody has to prove it. No one can rest on their laurels. No one here has won the Super Bowl with the Carolina Panthers. No one here has even made it to a playoff game outside of Christian McCaffrey with another regime. So it's like, what what I'm saying is this. When you have Sam Darnold having happy feet, throwing it into double coverage, forcing the football, when you have an offensive line that is one of the worst pass-protecting offensive lines in football, and you have your young, talented receivers dropping the football on routine passes. Yeah, I'm sorry if Joe Brady is just not on the top of my shit list. I'm not, everybody's I'm not, on the shit list. Now, Actually, look, everybody's at I'm the not, top of the I'm list. I am not making excuses for Joe Brady. I do think our play calling in the third quarter has frankly been pretty bad. But uh, and I said this, the execution. I said, so this on the, I said this on the Friday free-for-all. That as long as this offensive line continues to be as bad as it is, and as long as the Panthers don't truly know what we have at the quarterback position, Joe Brady is never going to be the one that's going to have to fall on his sword for this. I'm sorry, he just isn't. Like, it's going to have to be on the players around him, and we're going to have to have a game where play calling is what loses us the game. How about this? I feel like our red zone play mm. calling. Ooh, I feel I feel like our red zone play calling and per, and performance in the red zone has been much improved these past couple mm-hmm. of weeks. 
Now we're starting to use jet sweeps in the red zone. That was a really nice pass that Sam threw to Robbie the Anderson shuffle, on that two-point conversion. And then there was the shuffle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then there was the shuffle pass. Mm-hmm. We, we really are doing some new, fun, and inventive things. My main criticism of uh, Joe Brady kind of involves what John was talking about earlier. And Play clock, timeout. Well, no, but it's also Sam has proven himself to be a mobile quarterback. He can run the football. He can pick up the, the yards if he has to. If your offensive line can't pass protect, why not roll him outside of the pocket on some bootlegs and cut the football field in half? Let Robbie mm. Anderson and, and DJ Moore get free in space and let Sam use his athleticism as a real weapon. And I feel like and that, that helps a struggling of offensive line. Mm-hmm. That helps a struggling offensive yes. line. If you don't believe it, then what did Cam Newton do for us for nine years or whatever it was? Like, is that always with this shit line, but he gave them a little leniency there. And that's what the thing is. And you said it earlier, Cody, is you didn't like Matt rule coming out here saying now, we got to run the ball, you know, like we don't have an identity. We have to yeah. run it this amount. And, you know, it's actually, it was this is I felt like he was just a little shell shocked after that game, because in theory, the goal is, is that he's not really off message. It's you got to just be a balanced team. You got to play good defense. You got to pass the ball. You got to run the ball and you got to not turn it over. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what he is. He was trying to say, but then he got into this whole thing. Like, Oh my God, we didn't run the ball enough. And he was a little shell shocked. Mm-hmm. But I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, is this is you know your offensive line isn't fantastic, but you yeah. gotta help them out some too. And I mean, and you can help them out. Look, is by doing some things that just makes the defense not be able to double down on what they know. And we have and, and I and we've heard it for the last two broadcasts, bro. What what was uh there's the Saints guy Vilma which I like Vilma what's his name John Vilma mm-hmm. yeah I liked him I mean I don't think he's bad I think he's a pretty good color commentator mm-hmm. and he's they said they've said over and over that these cats are just not scared that the line can hold up that like so the defense the secondary sits. And can sit. Yeah. They, just, they all they have to do is rush four. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe maybe give them a confusing and, defensive line, and that's gonna throw that that offensive line completely to shit because like they, they don't know how to handle the run anyway. They didn't respect the run or the pass. Mm. <laughs> but here's what I'm gonna say, and I don't want to get your your opinion. Uh, number there's a couple of points. Number one, it feels like to me, Joe. Like I watch other teams that are good teams, and mm-hmm. I know it's hard to do that because they have a lot of the pieces that we're missing, mm-hmm. right? But it feels like the play calling when you watch a a, 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 a you know a Ravens team or even a, a Rams team, you know any of these guys who who have all the pieces that they need to, they feel hard to defend, right? It feels like they they have the perfect play call for most every situation, and it feels like every time that we ha- like I am always so concerned with every time there's an important play that we're just going to play a screen pass, right? Mm -hmm. When there's 15 yards to go, which I get what the screen pass is meant to do. I have yet to see it be executed correctly over the past two years. Mm -hmm. I have yet to see it happen correctly in the, in, 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 or consistently, I should say. Mm -hmm. Um, It just doesn't feel like we don't, we don't get our rub routes done. Like, I don't feel like we have a, a rub route that actually seems to be successful. I mean, 
I just, I don't know. I just, there's, there's a lot of pieces that we seem to be missing. Second, um, and this is where I will put some blame on Sam Darnold. Like, even when Sam throws the ball, does it feel like his release is super long? Like, it feels like he takes forever to get the ball out of his hands mm-hmm. when you when you watch him throw the ball, which then gives, that's why I think some of the issues might come where he is now staring down his receiver because he's already in the process of a throwing motion. Well, that's where a lot of his issues come from is he's giving away where he's throwing the ball because mm-hmm. he doesn't have that quick release like you might see in a Mac Jones. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of nuances to mm-hmm. his game yeah. that you know, are lacking, you know? Well, you know, to, to I mean, that was there was, was a lot of information all at one time, but I, I want to try to break this down. I think just to kind of simplify it, you have to ask yourself, like, you know, with Matt Rule's press conference, there's always the in-between-the-lines, you know, that you have to read mm-hmm. into. So when Matt comes out and says, like, you know, we're going to become a more balanced, you know, running team or we're going to, you know, uh, obviously we can't, you know, expect to, you know, throw the ball 40 times a game or whatever. You you almost have to ask yourself a question like when does when do you cross the line between, you know, just insubordination, right? Like, is this Joe Brady kind of like, hey, man, I, I know I'm on a fast track out of here. You know, I'm going to. I got to show like all this innovation and all this kind of stuff. Like I think, you know, sometimes smart people like super really smart brainy people overthink the room. And it's like, like how hard would it be for like if Chuba, you know, rips off a seven yard run to go play action and take a shot, give yourself an opportunity at a flag, give yourself an opportunity for Robbie to stretch the field, you know, and you just don't see that pattern consistent enough. Right. It's like, we'll go, you know, five yard run with Chuba and then it's like a quick three-step drop on some, you know, slant or something that, you know, gets blown up, you know, or go back to what Robbie said about, you know, the DB sitting on the routes. Like, there was no adjustment made there. So it almost feels like, no, I'm going to call the, the play, the game, the way that I have it scripted. I'm not going to make any adjustments. It's going to go the way that I say. And it's like, when you have Matt Rule come out and say publicly, like, hey, we got to make some changes. Like, he's taking a direct shot because usually you would say it in the press conference and it would get read back to you in the room. And it's like, I wonder the dynamic of that relationship. Cause sometimes it feels like maybe, you know, he kind of knows Joe Brady's kind of one foot out the door. So whatever he's going to do, he's going to do, you know, unfortunately, you know, it's one of those situations where, you know, you total line of balance between like, okay, like Joe Brady might not have called the greatest game, but we didn't, you know, catch a lot of passes. So it just looks like there's just some, you know, un, unaddressed uh, tension, you know, maybe in the offensive, you know, meeting rooms and stuff that just needs to get figured out. You know, I, I don't know. But, um, you know, ultimately, I, I feel like um, I don't, you know, the Joe Brady thing is really interesting to me because there's so many jobs out there that are opening. You know, I've heard his name linked to LSU, USC, you know, obviously staying in the NFL to go to the NFL really wants this guy that and that's that's part of it. Like I said this on the show the other uh, on Sunday, you know, they're going to go off of whatever tape he put on that was positive. So if this team ends up, you know, eight and nine or even nine and eight for, you know, for that matter, Joe Brady's likely still going to get a job because they've donned him the new like brainiac guy and they'll find any excuse for why Carolina wasn't able to do this, that or the third to make him successful. And he'll still get a job and then he'll probably get exposed, you know. And so if that's the case, then so be it. But I would like to see us get someone in here. Uh, I heard somebody throw the name Pep Hamilton out earlier. You know, I I said Doug Peterson. I'd like to get a guy similar to Phil Snow who's not looking for a fast track out of town. Somebody who's going to be here, you know, two or three years so we could build some continuity so that when he does leave, the infrastructure's in place. Right? Yeah. Yeah. uh, Pep Hamilton was instrumental in Joe Herbert. I mean, Justin Herbert's 
first year over there uh, mm-hmm. with the Chargers. And Justin Herbert gives him a lot of credit for the success that he had over there. By mm-hmm. the way, shout out to Grayson, uh, Grayson McKinnon for the 999. Says, we've never seen Sam Darnold with a good offensive line. Imagine if Brady never had a good offensive line, how good he would look. We need to give Joe Brady and Sam Darnold just a little slack. Build that wall, which is something that me and Tony have been saying about this offensive line forever. Mm-hmm. We got to build that wall and, mm-hmm. and build it up strong. By the way, you're muted, Tony. We can't hear you. I was about to say, look, and thank God I was muted because I was just screaming, build that wall, build that wall. And you're right. We've been, we have been saying that. And ultimately, is this is we've been having the same conversation uh, for nine years. We've been doing this podcast since 2013. Right. So ultimately is like this stem from Joey and I, and we've been having the same conversation about the offensive line the entire time at the very best moment. It has been adequate mm-hmm. at the very best moment in nine years. It's been adequate. And the problems were often masked by one of the greatest players in football history. In my opinion, one of my favorite players of all time, Cam Newton. You know, and I know you guys are going to be like, oh, you just love Kim. Yeah, he was able to disguise mass so much of this that we now have yes. been arguing. Yeah. And look, it's not going to change. That's one thing I want to say is this is I don't want to. These are not excuses. They're not excuses for anybody. You know, it's not an excuse for Joe Brady. It's not an excuse for Sam Darnold. It's not a pass for this anybody. The ultimately the problem is is this is that the failures have been systemic mm-hmm. at this point. It's not been one thing. The offense, like and even on the offensive line in the past, one of the things about the past offensive lines, there were kind of some bright spots about it. And you would be like, Oh, well, it's just fucking Byron Bell who's the problem. Mm-hmm. It's just Matt Khalil that's the problem. You know, and that oh, we got a good guard. Right now, the pressure up the middle has been relentless. And that's coming from a player who's your best guy, Matt Paradis. Terrible at this point. Like he's just he's yeah, like the he's, Mike Rimmers of centers. He's a tough one. Yeah. Yeah. Is that and then and so the there is so like people who are like, oh, y'all are Cam Irvin defenders. No, we're not Cam Irvin defenders. It's just he ain't the only mug on this offensive line that is offensive. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like, I mean, it's true. And so then you go, oh, is Sam Darnold offensive? Yeah, he ain't played well. Is Joe Brady, has he made some bad calls? Maybe. I don't even think he's been awful. Like, I don't think anybody has, everybody's been awful. That's the problem. It's not one fix. Not you know, one fix. Here's something I'm interested in. You know, when you talked about a moment ago, or actually, I was thinking about something that when you were talking a moment ago. Um, you know, I was Je- John. I don't know if you guys know Jeff Saturday. So when you're talking about Matt Paradis, mm-hmm. like we may actually oh. have a center on the draft, you know, in the room right now. Jeff Saturday was drafted as a, I mean, not drafted. He was picked up as an unrestricted free agent um, after the draft, like coming out of North Carolina. And he ended up, you know, a center for Manning for, you know, a number of years, obviously, for, you know. Oh, yeah, he uh, played with the Colts, right? Yeah, Mm -hmm. Green Bay as well. And will likely one day, you know, potentially go into the Hall of Fame. But the point is, is that Saturday started out as a guard. Like, he was brought in as a right guard. He actually played right guard and got moved to center. So that there's a potential there for somebody to be there. Like, you know, for me, what I can't understand is, like, 
and maybe it was just a position situation, but why did Michael Jordan get the the you know not over Christensen? Like, yes, we have to talk ooh, about this. Oh, like, yes, this even so over Christensen and Daly, who played yeah. well last year. I saw PMP in the chat room saying, "Well, three of these guys were on the team last year." Mm-hmm. Well, so was Daly, and everybody was raving about him, and now nobody's mm-hmm. talking about his ass being good anymore. Christensen. Yeah. We have we have to talk about that more because this has been the frustrating thing about it, and it's just what makes no sense, and it's what's starting to drive people up a wall about Matt Rule. This entire season, we have been pounding the table, asking, please, for the love of all that is good, give Mm -hmm. Deontay Brown and Brady Christensen a chance anywhere on the offensive line. They sure as hell can't be that much worse than the guys that were sending out there on the football field right now. And then here we are, just a few days before we play Minnesota, we elevate Michael Jordan from the practice squad to Mm -hmm. the team, and he's already taking snaps at left guard. Mm -hmm. What are we doing here? Why are they so much more confident in a player that they haven't seen anywhere near as much than they are in the guys that they drafted to do this job? I mean, we're only left to think two things. Either our coaches are incompetent and they're just, you know, not playing them for what reason, I don't know, or these players on the practice field or in meetings are just painfully behind the curve. Mm -hmm. And I don't know about you guys, but the latter doesn't seem very likely to be, man, based on what they did in preseason, what they did in film, at college, I just I, I don't know. I, I need someone to help make it make sense, uh, like my man Justin says, because I don't understand it for the life of me, man. Well, and and like you said, I, I couldn't understand up until the point where we heard that he was hurt about Deontay Brown, you know, not getting an opportunity, you know. And you know, I, I pointed out uh, some tape from the preseason, and I know it was just preseason, but him and you know, Christensen playing in tandem together, you know, right guard and right tackle you know, was a thing of beauty, especially, you know, when yeah. Tuba ripped off that, you know, whatever 60-yard run, you know, in the preseason. Yeah. And I realized that, you know, obviously he would be beside Moten, who's, a you know, obviously a much better player and uh, could, you know, really help him. But, you know, I hear that, you know, there's a weight issue or something like that. But what I can't understand is, like, this guy played championship-level football with Alabama, like, it doesn't – and he started, like, yeah. at least two, two to mm-hmm. three years, right? So, like, I, I don't yeah. understand, like, what's the difference there – to hear is it a temperament thing is it you know there's just so many different questions to ask like you know does matt rule feel like you know (laughs) maybe they're trash um but does matt rule feel like you know he is sort of in win now mode which i if if that's his feeling and maybe that's the feeling kind of reverberating throughout the room you always want to be in you know we we can win every game and you know want to know each week but at the same time, you got to understand, man, he, the, the situation that he took, the, like they're attempting to rebuild an entire culture. This is more than just rebuilding a team, mm-hmm. man. Like we're trying to rebuild a culture, a culture of inconsistency. 2015 mm-hmm. was a great year, but it was a one off. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, and it's not something that we see consistently. And that's what I think they want to try to obtain. And I see flashes of where it can happen. But at the same time, these, you know, situations with these offensive linemen, because if Christensen is not ready, then you just wasted a third round pick. And that's a problem. Yes, Mm -hmm. man. Mm -hmm. 
It, that's a real big problem. Go ahead, Greg. Well, I was just say with with Brown. I mean, minus the the injury, there's got to there's got to be something that they're seeing that we don't know about, right? It it could mm-hmm. is it possible there's something in house like disciplinary or something they're not wanting to release? Yeah, I, that, that's the only thing that mm-hmm. makes sense to me. And me too. I was thinking this. I thought the same thing at one point. Like yeah. there has to be something, like you said, there's a dynamic that exists between he and Matt Rule that's just not there. Maybe he and Joe Brady. Maybe what they're trying to do offensively, because you know, one thing about you know uh, Alabama, they you know they basically win from the trenches, you know, and and that's yes. kind of been their mo from you know day one. Uh, we had a guy from where I'm from playing for Alabama at a D tackle. I mean, just a, a mammoth of a guy, right? And that's basically how they have. That's their brand of football. Well, with what we're trying to do with a lot of you know spread and you know all this other kind of stuff. So I don't know if maybe he just doesn't fit the scheme, and maybe that's the reason. I don't know, but to me, it just feels like, I mean, this guy, like he can't be any worse than what we've seen from, right. you know, John Miller or, you know, whoever they try else they try to trot out there. Like he's got to be, you know, so when he gets healthy, I think you're going to really hear people like, like us and others pound the table where, it's, you know, there's some force going to come from up, uh, up top to like give this guy a shot. Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you this too. Do you think that, uh, I mean, again, we're all speculating here. No one really knows. None of us get to speak to Deontay Brown or or know what's going on behind the scenes. But every time Deontay Brown's name comes up in a press conference, Matt Rule brings up the weight loss thing, the weight loss thing. And, yeah, he's a, he's a big boy, man. I think it was uh, uh, 365. He got down to 345. But I also know that, like, it's not one size fits all. Mm -hmm. And there are some guys that are just athletic big guys. As a matter of fact. Deontay Brown is Cody's yield sign, bro. uh, He really is. (laughs) Dude, go on YouTube. Go on YouTube and look up Deontay Brown. There's an old video from when he recruited to Alabama. And there's a video of him dunking the basketball. And like really going up and dunking the ball. Like the guy really is just a big athletic dude. I'm wondering if even this weight issue that continues to be pushed in this conversation is overblown. Uh, And if they just need to let him play at 350 or 355, wherever he's sitting at. You know, I, I guess you, you, there's a little more risk to injury because of, how the weight, you know, kind of bears down on extremities. But at the same time, I mean, look at Zion. You know, when you look at the uh, NBA comparison, I mean, Zion's yeah. a, a big dude. It's like watching watching him dunk is like watching a, a, a B-52 do, like, jet tricks. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's crazy uh, yeah. to watch him do, like, a 360 because he's in the air for so long because he's so big, and it, it just takes a long time to, for it to get going. But the thing is, is, like, you can't – trim a guy like that down because that's just how God made him, you know? And so I guess you can get him down to a more, you know, healthy standard or whatever. Um, and maybe they just worry about, you know, how practice would be on him. You know, obviously it's a little bit different level at the you know NFL level, but like I said, he's played championship level football before. So I, I don't think it's unfamiliar territory. Um, but you know, once they get him healthy, they got to give him a shot, man. We just have to see, I know he's a low round draft pick, but we got to see what we got out of this guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, Trey Smith up there starting starting for the Kansas City Chiefs, man. A bunch of other teams do it. I got into a fight, not a fight, but a back-and-forth debate with one of our listeners uh, about this topic on Twitter today, and he's 
seems to believe that, well, hey, man, if they're not playing them, then that just tells me that they're not ready yet and that our coaches don't trust them in that position or else they would play them. And I'm like, yeah, maybe, but this coaching staff hasn't done a lot thus far this season to inspire faith that they would be making the right decisions, man. Uh, Nova Black, a longtime C3 fan, is in the chat room, and he made a point earlier. It's like, you know, that sounds very Ron Rivera-ish, a lot of the things that that we're doing, man. And now I think CK mentioned before the show, Brian Burns has seen an increase of snaps at the the, um, special 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 teams. teams. Dude, it's like you can't make this up, man. It's did you it's, hear Brian Burns is uh presser? I, I feel like he sounds a little frustrated right now, and he's a very cool, calm personality. So, like, his frustration, like, when I say he sounds frustrated, is like way less than I would be frustrated. Mm-hmm. But Hassan Reddick has been just eaten, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, at least on, on, on the stat. She, I, I heard uh, John say on his show there is the sack sheet and the stat sheet, and Hassan Reddick has kind of been eating on both, but he got that sack sheet for sure, man. I mean, he's just yeah. getting to the court like he's going to get paid, or he better get paid. Like, what else you got to do to get paid? In my mind, but here's a question: Ryan Burns in this press conference comes out and he's a little irritated. Mm-hmm. With uh David Newton, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and this, oh, let me see, I think I might have it actually. Let me see if I can pull it up real quick. Uh, I got might have it somewhere here. Then Brian Burns, what? Oh, YouTube's gonna eat my lunch for the for doing this. <laughs> Can you hear that? No, I don't hear about you have to share the hold on. I got you. I got you. I gotta just push this one little button here. I need a games later you'll give up five hundred games. Do full screen. I told you after those first three games, and then three games later you'll give up five hundred from seventy one yards in a game. What would you have said? What would I have said? You didn't tell me that, so I don't know what I was would have said. Yeah, it's hard to fathom back then is what I'm saying. When you guys were playing so well, it's hard to fathom that you would allow that many yards in a game. I mean, I don't know what you – I don't know. Is that – what the fuck is that supposed well, to be? I mean, like, yeah. and, you know what? Is that – yes. Is that was – um was it not the – like, you know, I'm not trying to over-criticize uh, him for acting like that. Like, I mean, I don't even think – that was not him. It, that wasn't super irritated – and he's usually and look, Dave Newton. Everybody, Dave Newton. Everybody loves Dave Newton. He's a drunk uncle. I know everybody hates. Not Dave everybody Newton. loves he's a Dave drunk. Newton. <laughs> yes, you he's a drunk love uncle, Dave bro. Newton. I do. I love him. You know what? And at that point, I just felt that we're starting to see. Look, Brian. Somebody asked him, "Is that he should should he have gone for the strip sack instead of getting the sack?" And he said straight up, is like, yeah, I got kind of got a little greedy. I think like Brian Burns, uh, that people are starting to feel pressure. And not that it's like, I mean, that Brian Burns is not a good player, but he's kicking ass. I mean, I don't care. Is that like even he, everything right now, three game losing streak, even Brian Burns is feeling it on a defense that has performed better than average. 
Mm. You know, I think that, like you said, he, he may be feeling a little pressure. You know, the pressure may be that, you know, they brought in a guy to kind of be, you know, in tandem, you know, with him. And, um, you know, he's just not up to snuff. He's getting you know? paid. I'm not. God, right. a little bit. Yeah. So a little bit, but I you think know Bur- you would be like that. Just a hair is that like, look, is yeah. that he missed, um, he's missed a couple of play. He hasn't finished them. And look, as you know, what is he's flying around? He's going crazy. So I don't, mm-hmm. it's not a criticism, but there's like, if he would have made these three plays, they would have been game changing sacks or mm-hmm. strips. And there we're talking about like each one of them could be worth like $1.2 million. <laughs> I mean, yeah. if you think about it, like, yeah. and I, I don't, I mean, but like, I mean, I'm sure he's saying this and his own mind is I saw this season. We had what 20 sacks in the first three games. Like my, like he, I'm sure he envisioned himself playing better. Yeah. And like, even the best players on this team, Robbie Anderson is an example of this to me is that even they are feeling the pressure. Can we admit now that Brian Burns, that that is, and it's not even just this game, but I feel like that has been a good criticism of all of his near misses. Of By the way, there are now multiple near misses from Brian, Brian Burns, where it's mm-hmm. like, Dude, my man is a day late, dialed to short. All right, no, but it's no, fine. let me no, it isn't, Tony. And let me tell you why it's not fine, man. Because okay, yeah, I understand. Like Von Miller really kind of, you know, put it and installed it in these pass rushers that go for the strip sack, get the ball out of their hands, force a fumble, and hey, I get that. But he's not at that level yet, man. He's still trying to prove himself to be one of the more dominant pass rushers in the NFL. I want to see him use those incredibly long arms and just wrap up, man. Get the sack. Quit always trying to do a little bit extra. Secure the play first and and, and get the sack and quit trying to do all the extra stuff. He's still young. In time, that'll come. That'll be Mm -hmm. another tool that he'll be able to add to the tool belt. But right now, there have been too many misses. And, I mean, listen, if he would have gotten that sack on Kirk Cousins – and Kirk Cousins doesn't run for that first down, that's a game changer for the Panthers right there. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I think it's a Wait, reasonable like, what do you criticism. Mean? Like if he did, yeah, I mean, he was trying to get it. No, yeah, but he needs no. to make the tackle. Tackle the quarterback. He's trying right. to but punch the like ball his, his, out his, of the hand. I can say that about a lot game. of plays, yeah. A lot of players and a lot of plays. Yeah, you got to right. Is that it's I mean, a game of inches? It's a game of this and that. Like if it happens, it's a fantastic play. The game mm-hmm. over. And you know what? To be honest, the I mean, and look, and I've been beating, the, I've been flogging the same horses on this podcast for a long time. But there are certain plays to me in my mind that have kind of set the trajectory of games and even seasons. Right. And so I go back. All right. Most recently, the very first play or second play of the game in the Dallas game, we almost get a sack on Dak Prescott. Mm-hmm. And he does a stupid pass to somebody that looked like a fumble to me that uh, Ezekiel like, catches and goes for like 20 yards. All mm-hmm. of a sudden, the first play of the game you get a seven-yard loss. What was a seven-yard loss all of a sudden became like a 16-yard game. Mm-hmm. Gain. All of a sudden, it's like a different – the times change. 
Mm-hmm. Right. There's like three or four of those plays in that game where we did everything right. Pressure, this and that. And somehow they got positive game. Uh, other plays in history of the Carolina Panthers that represent this to me is I swear that after the first game in 2016, after the 2015 season, Cam Newton leads the team down at the last moment against the Denver Broncos who had just beaten them in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And then Graham Gano misses a game winning field goal. All of a sudden you make it. And then the whole 2016 goes to shit. You can mm-hmm. call me superstitious. You can call me whatever. Michael Orr then gets hurt and the whole fucking thing comes off the wheel. But I believe that if we go and kick that field goal and beat the Denver Broncos, the whole 2016 season can be different. And well, so what I'm saying is to just loop it back to Brian Burns is that they are super close. They are. And those, the problem is, is those are game changing type plays. Mm-hmm. <sighs> but I don't know if I blame it on him. It just is. It just, it's just at the cards. Like he, or like as basically said, I haven't folded his way. Where you fall on this, John? Well, go ahead, Batman. Well, no, I was just going to ask, like if, if he's, if he's mi- barely missing these tackles, would we rather him be doing that than not be getting penetration at all? Like if we're not calling his name for any reason at all because we never see him, will we have more complaints about him than the miss? But that's a part of my criticism. Right, it's because he does get off the line. He does win his one-on-one matchups. Mm -hmm. Brian Burns does have one of the nastiest inside spin maneuvers in the NFL right now. He has far too much skill and ability. For him to have this many continual what do you want to be different? Time and time again. What do you want to be different? I want his technique to be better. I want him to extend his arms and I want him to wrap up. I want him to go for the hit instead of always trying to hit the football out. If you see he's in mid motion and the ball is right behind him, then yeah, go for it. But you need to get better at whenever you've gotten your guy beat. I want you to wrap up and take down the quarterback. I don't think You're that's so too dramatic. much of a criticism. <laughs> I also feel like I'm being fair here. John, where did you fall on this, man? Uh, I think Brian's going to be fine. Um, I think sometimes you just have to be reminded who you are, reminded of your ability, watch some tape to see what you did wrong and you know, kind of will yourself back into confidence. Um I do think that the Hassan Reddick dynamic is a real thing because Hassan is off to a ridiculous start. insane start, bro. Yeah. What has he got? Like eight sacks right now? Six and a half, I believe, right? So six or actually that was six and a half. Yeah. It's so, a lot. I mean, I yeah. know it's a lot. Like, and they got the scoop. He scooped the ball up. Like he's I mean, straight, if, he, bro. if he finishes like this, you know, it's likely that he'll be in the he probably won't win it, obviously, but he'll be in discussion for, you know, defensive player of the year, right? And so, like, his name will be floating around, obviously. But uh, I think that, you know, like I said, Brian's just got to get back to what he does because the reality is is that Brian, while he doesn't finish on sacks, like, he's been, you know, pretty solid, you know, stopping, you know, some outside runs, runs that come his way, you know, shedding off blocks to be able to, you know, say, make some open field tackles and things like that. So he's been showing up. It just hadn't been showing up on the sack sheet, if you will. So, um, and then that, obviously, I agree with Cody 100%. Like, if you – close in on Kirk Cousins at that point in the game. Like, I understand your mentality because, you know, I saw that you know, in my mind, I was thinking of that play where he strips at, uh, Matt Ryan. 
you know, that and you kind of when you can do that so easily, you do or do it consistently as he's done before. Obviously, that's going to be your first first point of contention. Like you're going to try to, you know, make that happen. But I think when you're in that kind of situation, man, you just got to get the sack. And I think that they'll probably, you know, try to tell him that like when they watch the film, like, hey, man, you got to close right there. You know, and so now obviously I'm not going to hang, you know, what happened in the game or the balance of the game on Brian because we should have never you know, been at that point to begin with. But, you know, that is one of the moments in the game where you just had an opportunity. You got to take it. This yeah. re- this leads to leads us to a discussion that while I'm trying to be, I, I would say like defensive of Brian Burns or this and that, and like look, is that everything has been a problem when you're losing, everybody's a problem. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. It's like when you're losing, that means it's not on one person; it's on everybody. And this defense in the first three games. Looked like it could have been like on a pace, and we were we didn't try to get out of sorts, but it looked on the pace to be like a historically very good defense. Mm-hmm. I would, would say a very good defense, a historically good defense. You know what I'm saying? They put up a, a bunch of sacks in the first two games, limiting the people's yards, and then we ran into Dallas, and all of a sudden it kind of evened out the numbers. Let's talk about this defense for a moment. Stefan Gilmore coming off. Uplist, yep. I guess, or suspended. So AJ Bouye uh, just came off the suspension list, or where he did his two games, or whatever mm-hmm. he had to do. Now Stefan Gilmore, CJ Henderson has been out. This defense has not been. Fan- it, you know what? It's been pretty good in the early parts, and then we can make excuses, but they have not been shut down. What does anything change this week? I don't know. What do you guys think? Uh, I don't this think... defense as a whole, like kind of a macro perspective with Stefan Gilmore as a part of it. I think that, you know, obviously him coming back and being potentially available, you know, could make some things change. But, man, I you know, defensively, I think we get better when Shaq gets back. But against the Giants, who aren't really a very good scoring, you know, offense, I think we have an opportunity to build some tape and some momentum that takes us to the next level. But I do think that Stefan Gilmore's presence um, will certainly be something that they, you know, build upon. And I, he has I to play. Yeah, I agree. CJ Henderson after like three days mm-hmm. of being on this team, Stefan Gilmore is the former defensive player of the year or whatever. Yeah. It's like, I mean, like if you can't just go ahead out there and tell him to play man to man, Mm-hmm. What the fuck? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He is going to play, and he's going to be a bright spot. Not a bright spot. Like, I think he's going to be a game changer all of a sudden, but it's, like, not a liability. Mm-hmm. And is this a ridiculous question? Because we, we're we going to debate it tomorrow Okay, on the show, Cody. Right? We are going to debate it on... <clears throat> Debate my take. You I'm mean you're gonna? De- you mean you're gonna debate me and lose like you always no. do? Yeah, I'm gonna win, are. and I'm gonna go ahead and give you a little teaser. I think we should trade Stefan Gilmore. What? This man has a yes. better snap. We and can you're trade, to trade him the to the Buccaneers for a second round pick right now. Are you Richard kidding? Richard Sherman got yes to the Bucks. Yes, fuck it. They're, hey, they're, like they're trying to make the Super Bowl. Night, We're not going to have him next year. We're not going to have – I mean, and if we do, is it going to be – all right, so, yeah, we have Stefan Gilmore. But what we did is this. We traded a six-round pick 
And everybody's like, oh, if we don't re-sign him, we get a fifth round compensatory pick. So it was already an upgrade. What if we traded to trade? We ultimately traded a six round pick to get a third or a second. I mean, is he like all of a sudden we're going to go on a Super Bowl run? No. You don't want to at least see what the man can do for us first? Man, I feel like, you know what, is that we went into the season thinking that all of our corners sucked. I almost feel like we're kind of deep in the secondary at this point. So you guys wait. are talking about Keith Taylor. You're talking about Dante Jackson. You're talking about this. We got C.J. Henderson now. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, like Nobody saw us having Stephon Gilmore. Trade this, man. We got no picks next year. Give us a second round pick. See, I think the I, I think what you just said is correct, but with a different player. I think C.J. Henderson. I said that on my show Sunday that I think C.J. Henderson could potentially be the bait. But the reason why I say no to that is because you just talked about trading him to a potential Super Bowl contender. Tony, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something, man. What we saw in the first three <laughs> games was part because of Christian McCaffrey's greatness, right? And and what we saw offensively consistently, right? What happens if I just want to put put something together for you here, right? If you get a healthy Stephon Gilmore, healthy Miles Hartsfield back, healthy Christian McCaffrey, healthy Shaq Thompson, and we're somewhere in the neighborhood of let's say, let's say I think Christian's out three more games. Let's say we two and three in those games, and we figure out a way to make it to the playoffs like we we got to split with the bucks we got to split with the bucks but we if we are 10 and 7 and find a way to squeak into that you know fifth wild card spot right i don't think we're a team you want to face i i honestly believe that we could be a we're team that win can win stuff together no we're not I'm, in a win no, you know so at the same time like if the bucks are in and all the people are poo pooing me in the chat and that's fine but the Bucks are in a win now moment. We're not. But, like if we get if we get 12 wins this season, get a while. Like if we make the playoffs and lose in the playoffs, people be like, oh, this was the most best season ever. Tony, let Nobody me ask you a question. Ever even walked into this season, think we're gonna make the playoffs. We can't give our division rival the pieces no. to Why go not? get another we Super Bowl. Tony. The, dude, but Tony, we're gonna not, get not, them what they want now. When we're then not going to win, then, and then we're going to reap the benefits. They're going to get old. All of a sudden, Tom Brady's going to get old. All of this. It's like, what are we going to try to do? We're going to try to get a couple of jams in right now when they're still going to beat our ass? Tony, let me ask I'm you I'm talking a about this. I'm talking about setting some landmines out for the yeah. future. I think you've already lost the debate in my take. That's oh, what okay. I <laughs> this is a good let comment. Me, let me ask right you a here. question, Tony. Do you know, okay, you talk about win-now mode versus a team that can't win the Super Bowl. I'm going to give you a case of three teams, right? All right. The Dallas Cowboys in 2007 were in win-now mode. They were 13-3. and three. Remember that team? Marcus Spears, T.O., yeah. Marion Barber. All the, I mean, they had a squad, right? The New England Patriots were 16-0. and 0. <laughs> They were in win-now mode. Who won the Super Bowl? 
the New York freaking Giants at 10 and 7 who lost to yeah, the Dallas Cowboys. That's and true, went on man. a run through the entire playoff play. playoffs on that the road. One lucky ass play on the goddamn helmet. Hey, buddy. But they made it to the Super Bowl. Both of the times that the Giants won the Super Bowl, they were wild cards, weren't they? And let me tell you this. They were. They went through the whole playoffs on the road, and that one lucky play still had to lead to Eli Manning. Eli Manning had to hit Plaxico Burris to win that game. They were still down in that game. Eli Manning had to hit that. Everybody on this show has been talking about nothing is good on this team. I don't agree with that. Oh no, long, people have been saying offensive like or actually not on this show, but in life, they have been saying Sam Darnold's terrible. Like this and that is do you think that in that wild card year they were just totally shitting on everything? They had a good defense. All right. I don't if know. If you still if you still if have a chance. New York Giants of what was it? Oh eight, you said? Oh seven, oh eight. Seven. You know how many? Let me We're give you. Old. Let me give you We're some old, context, man. I remember that year. So look, is that kind of is a great take? Like I can't fight that. That's actually the team. I told you, you've already to lost debate my take. No. <laughs> let me give you some context, right? In that same season, Eli Manning once threw four interceptions in the game and no touchdowns, right? In that same Ooh. season. Yeah, Eli Manning threw 23, tu- 23 touchdowns man, to twenty picks. You on tonight? I'm I telling know, you, man. man, you just ne- – it's the NFL, man. You never know. This team could string it together at the end and become a team that you just don't want to face. It happens all, right. all the time. But, <laughs> all right, you're right. That could happen. But am I ridiculous in saying that Stefan Gilmore – imagine if he just came out and pl- – we could get a ton of value for him. We could still be that team without Stefan Gilmore. No, it's not going to be yeah, that. Why can't we be the – 2008-2007-8 Giants without Stephon Gilmore and get a third or a second round pick when a team, like, that's almost like saying this, yes, somebody put their money on 13 in a roulette and won. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know, so I mean, two- it, it's like you are, like the Giants of that year beating one of the most impressive teams in the history of the world mm-hmm. and then going on to win the Super Bowl is kind of like finding a lottery ticket on the ground. Well, but Tony, let me ask him. Yeah, I mean, it what? is a little bit well, Dilfer won with but this fantastic me, defense. I'm just saying this is that, look, we don't have to have anything from Stefan Gilmore. We might be able to trade him right now. Imagine if you just picked up a like a a card off the ground and it was a baseball like and then you could hand it to somebody and give you 10 bucks for it but or you would have maybe to, worth 200 bucks hold on but, Cody, why not just yeah, get okay. 10 bucks go, go ahead, go ahead, John. you would have to do that twice because new england beat them in the regular season that's what i'm, I'm saying, saying they about played him and beat Gilmore, him in the man, it's like we could get a second round pick for him i think from Wait, but, no, 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 no. let me no, I, I, I have to dead that right now let me tell you why tony Let's why not? Us in, no, let, let me put. They just I, got, I, 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 I'll tell you exactly why, Tony. Because listen, the trade deadline is November second. We're the uh, we're the 19th of October right now. That means that, they, hold on, that means that if a if a team is going to trade for Stephon Gilmore, they're only going to have two games, which is the Giants and the Falcons, to make that evaluation to want to trade for him. And you're going to have to pay him after this year is over. You are they not. Don't. 
You He's done. Not His contract's over. Round. You are not. His contract's getting... over. You don't got to pay shit, bro. You don't got to pay the... shit. So uh, you don't have you're, to pay anything. Why would, bro. He's why a would free team... agent after this year? That's the whole but thing. Why would the team give up a second round pick for that? That that isn't worth that's a second a, round because pick. they trying to win the fucking Super Bowl. That's not that's a that's second what? round pick. That's not worth a second round pick. Let me Tony. Let me tell oh you. Oh my something. god! What do you mean if it's not worth trade, a second round? It's not the, worth a second round pick. You're right. If Don't you win back to back Super Bowls and just nut on everybody's faces. God, not with a, 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 a thirty two totally worth it. No, it's a totally worth a second round pick. A thirty-two-year-old corner that, uh, who doesn't have any more years on his deal. You're only going to get to see him play two games before you have to trade for him, and you're giving up a second-round right, pick. pick. How Tony, about I want some third. of whatever you're third. drinking, Tony. Tony, let me let me ask third. you a question. How about third or fourth? We no, would make I, let, two Tony, picks. We, we would make money off of that joint. Let me ask you a real question. Do you believe we have a better chance of making the playoffs with or without Stefan Gilmore? Oh, come right. on. I mean, obviously, it would be silly okay. if I said we yeah, had less that's what of a we're chance. Saying, man. But right. I would also say we would have a better chance of making the playoffs if we got a traded for a guard, too. Right. But so you're saying, like, it's not like Stefan Gilmore all of a sudden is going to fucking make our offense score points in the third quarter. I want you to visualize something. All right. We're at the I'm final. Mad that you guys aren't on my team. We're at the final three <laughs> games of the season. Two of those three games are against the Bucks. We're in a push for the wild card position. All right. The Bucks have already clinched the, the division. That's already done, right? We don't have Stefan Gilmore, but now they do. And we have to face them twice in the final three games. Yeah, to and Sam Donald's. Hold on, hold on. Can I stop this? All of this is we come into this show. We're just going and on. everybody's like, it's all over. The whole, like this, and, and I'm not talking about the panel members, but ultimately is that people are in here saying the offense is sh- sucks. Sam Darnold sucks. The offensive line sucks. <clears throat> and now I'm the person that's saying, let's trade away Stefan Gilmore. And you're like, well, we might make the playoffs. Well, you're talking about tanking. Su- Look, no, well, see, you're Kent talking about tanking. No, I'm not talking, talking about, about tanking tank? at all. Why would you trade Stephon like Gilmore? Like, I don't see it. It's like a bonus. It's like we a just, total bonus. We like, just traded for the man, coming. and you're going to trade him. Why? The only reason you're trading away we only have him for is seven games. If you feel games, like you're bro. already drafting for a, next year, but he's what are you a gonna, Panther for seven games. What are you going to get for? That's him? That's all he is. You, you traded a. He's a Panther till the end of the season, homie. Like, so you guys are adding, like, I'm, like, talking about Brian Burns or something. No. Hey, he Tony. ain't even played a snap. But what would you get for him, Tony? That's the thing. We, we gave a six-round pick for him, right? Yeah. So, so anything better than that is money made, homie. But is somebody going to give us better than that? There's something yeah, else. Yeah, hell missing. yeah. No one we just you're, traded for that? Tony, you're missing something else, too, man. Uh-huh. We right. have two young corners right. on our football We're team. We're going to win the Super Bowl. And That's what I meant. CJ <laughs> Henderson and JC Horn. You don't want them to, to learn a little bit under this veteran man that's under been seven, there, yeah, done that, been in the Super man. Bowl. All of a sudden, these they've both been to South learn. Carolina. Like, that, that's knowledge that, that you're not just going <laughs> to come across always, man. We're better for having Stefan Gilmore. And unless we're willing to tank the season away wow. right now, we need him. 
I agree. The other but part you know is what? we are one game out of a wild card spot, just so you know. Oh, my God. Yes. As of right now. If, the, if, as of right now, yeah. If J.C. Horn was here, would you feel the same way about Stephon Gilmore? Hell yeah, because well, because we've been thinking we had all these balling ass motherfuckers. No, I, I'm, I'm not right now. Our yet. defense just let a, a team march down with 42 seconds and tied up against us. So sorry, is that like you can shit on Sam Darnold and the Could offense? Have used you could have used oh yeah, Gilmore. and then we would have won the Super Bowl. Can no, I tell you? Can we were in the Super Bowl. Can I tell you who you're more likely oh, to get yeah. a second round pick for? Is Dante Jackson? Bullshit! You no. think that someone would trade you? They're both going to be free agents this year. No right. way! No way! You're no more way. likely. No, you're more 100%. likely to get it out of him because number one, he is at the end of his contract. He is a rookie, right? On his rookie contract, I mean. And it and doesn't so matter. Year, He's going to be on. a free agent. He has it. If you wanted to re-sign Dante Jackson at the end of this year, he's not going to be as expensive as Stefan Gilmore. And you have a longer likability of him actually surviving a five-year contract or a four-year contract than Stefan Gilmore. Stefan Gilmore is getting to an That's age nice. where he's but DJ ain't going to make player. the bucks. All right. That's the I point right agree. there. The, the last point that CK made, that mm. was the point. If you're doing it before the trade deadline, yes, Dante would be more enticing for a second round pick than Stefan because of the injury history. That that right there alone, right? But well, yeah, and because Gilmore has been around since like 2012 or 2013, absolutely. and he has been injured a ton, but he did have a three or four year stretch. So he was injured from like 2013 to 2018. But then like 2018, 2019, he just blew it up. Yeah. But you know what, Tony? I got to give you respect for going there. You know, with your take. You know, I live by saying that if everybody, if everyone is thinking the same thing, nobody's thinking. You know what I'm saying? So you gotta, you gotta at least throw it out there. You know, even though it's crazy. But you gotta. I just this man, no, it's this not crazy. It's just a rental. I feel like we're just getting a rental, homie. Like you know what I'm saying? Is right. that going to really make a long term difference for our team? Well, is let me rephrase. Gilmore going to make a difference beyond our team? Than this next seven games, where you said and that's kind of like where I'm interested at is we don't have a second round pick, Cody. What are the picks next year? We got a first. We have and a, one pick in the top 100 next year. We don't have a second round. We don't have a third round. Oh my god. Um. So yeah, we're bearing so like, the draft. That's my point. Too, is that man. yes? Is that he would certainly help us for the next seven games. But are we really, if you guys are talking about his injury history, this and that, and that won't warrant a trade or whatever, is it going to warrant us? And as Cody is saying, who's the better pick for Dante Jackson? Who's going to be more expensive next year? Are we legitimately going to sign Stefan Gilmore back? And if the answer is no, you know what I mean? Like, if it's like, you know what I mean? Like, we're not, it's not in the long-term plan of this team. Then getting an asset for him is not the most ridiculous thing. I'm sorry. Like, it's Fair like, argument. is that it will work for seven games. You have a seven game, you're leasing him for maybe not seven, whatever it is. We're at six games. So what? There's 17 games. So. 11 games. Yeah, I'm 11 just not, games coming. I, so, I, I mean, yes, it will make a difference this year. But, I mean, like, at the end of the day, we don't have a second and a third and a fourth or a third-round pick. 
And if I getting see. him, what was a Richard Sherman to out? He's about to go on IR probably for the hamstring, just like that. They're trying to win a Super Bowl. I don't care if they're a division rival. No, man, you, if, you think, if you so, think that this is a dumpster fire now, if they trade him to the Bucks, Oh, oh my goodness. No, it's no. even more. Oh. It's it's a bigger dumpster. We would be the laughing stock. Wow. Mm-hmm. It would be the landfill. It would be fire. brilliant, bro. By the way, this is hey, so this is the last thing I'll say on Stefan Gilmore. Um, mm-hmm. so Tony, I'll actually I will meet you in the middle. If the Panthers right. continue to downward spiral and it's looking terrible, maybe you consider it. Fine. Especially if if even during that time, Stefan Gilmore plays well even still i wouldn't send him to tampa but what i will say is this who gives a if, fuck hold, on, hold, on, hold on let me finish if the if if we do end up uh making a push for the playoffs i just want to give you guys a reminder of some of the people that we still have left on our schedule okay calvin ridley deandre hopkins oh uh, antonio brown mike evans uh, uh, dude, Emmanuel Sanders. We have a bunch of really good players that we still have to play on, on you know, uh, lined up across from our DBs this year. And mm-hmm. if we're gonna be a, a contending football team, we need as much help in the backfield as possible because mm-hmm. we need to be able to con- consistently play man coverage. And now that uh, CJ was out and JC was out, our defense got away from that. And our pass rush suffered because of it. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I could be the villain of my own podcast. <laughs> I'm you sorry. Do I don't know how I can be the villain of it. As You're somebody is this. All right. How about this? You want me to go more villain on y'all fool? No. Do it. Not really. That's kind of mean. Um, Full Lex Luthor. Go. What, what happens? You're all if, off the um, podcast. Who do we? Yeah, I know. It's somebody else's podcast. Um, We'll, we'll, we'll play the Giants next, and then mm-hmm. Giants, wow. then the Atlanta. Falcons. The Falcons. Yeah. Um, what happens if you win one or if you lose one of those games? Are you going to come back here and be like, oh, you should damn Stefan Gilmore for the playoffs? What do you think about this? Is that there's two more games. We thought that we should have beat Philadelphia. I thought we should have. Yeah. I thought we shouldn't have beat the Vikings or could have beat the Vikings. Like we were down. And when I looked at this season, I said we could be, we're about a 500 team. I don't know if it's going to be nine and eight or eight and nine, but about that is what I thought we would, I was hoping we would be. So if we go, and, and part of that plan, though, was winning the games that I thought we should win on the schedule, mm-hmm. which at least one of those was Philly or the Vikings. Mm-hmm. And they weren't. We didn't. We lost two games that I kind of was checking off on the box that we could win. Now we're going into New York, who is terrible. You should beat them. But they're kind of a cat-in-a-corner mentality right now. And I think the Falcons are similar. These guys are going to be scrapping to try to get a win. What happens? Do you just do you assume the Panthers are going to win both of those games? A and B. What happens if they don't? I do. I believe that the Panthers have every bit of 
or have a capability to win both of those games, um, I would say this. I mean, obviously, there's an opportunity for for us to go zero and two in those games. There's two and zero. There's one and one split. How does it look? You know, does it come out flat in the beginning? Does it look like we had an opportunity and maybe left a couple of plays on the field? Do the does the opposition play out of their minds? You know, I think it just depends on how it looks, really. Um, but I guess the question when you say what happens, are you meaning in terms of what would happen with uh, the Stephon Gilmore? Opportunity that you or just presented period or? with this team, like you're like if we lose both of these games, or even one of them, actually just mm-hmm. one of them, like if we lose to the Giants, I'm going to start to think a little bit different. Like even someone who is glass half full, myself, mm-hmm. like I still I'm not trying to give up on anybody. I want this team to do well, I do, and I don't think it's over. But if we lose to the Giants, it's going to be hard to fend off the peasants with the pitchforks. Well, and and that's okay. You know, I don't. I think the main thing is this. This was, I guess, this is a little bit of a deeper dive, right? So, I talk about how David Tepper mentioned that when he hired Matt Rule, that he was hiring his Chuck Knoll, right? Because you know he comes from Pittsburgh. So, if you go back and look at Chuck Knoll early in his you know coaching tenure, I mean, he was below 500 I think the first two seasons finally broke 500 and then went back below 500 only to win a Super Bowl some five years later right and so I know that it's a lot different there's social media there's the there's that pressure there's the you know actual media pressure you know there as well but one thing I did like about Jerry Richardson when he was here was you know you didn't really get a whole lot of takes from him you didn't see a ton of pictures other than his stoic look at the you know top of the you know, a box that you would see all the time, but he gave Ron Rivera an opportunity to figure it out. You know, I mean, we started off what Cam's first season, six and 10, you know, the next year you saw improvement seven and nine the next year. Nah, we were two or we only won four games in Cam's. It was not a lot. We were were, were six and 10. So it was six and and 10. Seven and nine. And then the next season they started off one and three. And if you remember the riverboat Ron situation came because he started going for it a lot on fourth down. They end up stringing together a great season to go 12 and four, only to drop back down to seven, eight, and one. Then finally yeah. came the 2015 season of 15 and one. And so, what I'm saying is, is that I think it depends on how it looks because even though I personally have a stretch goal for this team of 12 and five record, right? And I only got two more games left, right? You know what I'm saying? You better be winning. We're almost there, man. No wonder you think they're going to win the next two games. (laughs) The only reason I have a stretch goal, but here's the reality of it. I don't care if I'm wrong. Like, I'm I'm cool with being wrong because with new information, I I don't necessarily waver on my takes, but with new information, I'm willing to adjust, right? So right. I still believe exactly. in this team enough to go 12 and five. But at the same time, I understand this. Anything over five wins is a a, a a building season, right? Because we were below 500. We won five games. If they go seven and, and 10, it was improvement. I regardless, agree. Regardless of how we look at it, regardless of how we want to look at it, it was improvement. So then what do we do? We build on top of that for next year. We have shown that we have a GM that hears the cries of the people, they fix the defense, now they're going to focus on the offensive line. And then if the, if it comes to the quarterback situation, look, if Sam Darnold looks absolutely horrible, I hate to break it to Panther fans, but here's the reality. We'll see Matt Rule on his third quarterback. That's just the reality of the situation. I would yeah, hope that man. that quarterback yeah. would be, you know, someone not named, someone whose name rhymes with Rashawn Austin, but 
you know, the point is, is that, you know, that's likely, you know, not going to happen. But <laughs> at the same time, it's, it's like this It's you know, you just want to see improvement in spite of all the situations. What we saw, like two teams, Dallas and us, you know, Sunday, Dallas used to be the accident waiting to happen. But despite bad play calling from Mike McCarthy, despite turnovers, they still found a way to beat New England. They found a way to win with us. We fought back. The defense was just gassed. I can't blame the defense for falling apart. I, you, I mean, you can, but it's hard for me to when they right. gave us so right. many opportunities. Yeah. They like, gave us so many opportunities. Problem. Exactly. So with all those opportunities that we had, we still tied the game up at the, you know, and, and Sam went on almost what would have been a game winning drive, right? And who knows what would have happened if he would have gotten the ball back in his hands. I think we probably pulled that game out, you know, so – it just it is what it is, but I just like to see the fight. I like to see you know more consistency. Obviously, I'm interested to see how this play calling changes if it even does. You know, which just it's just a dumb quote. We need more execution, right? You know what I mean? Like it right. is a cacophony of errors. You're listening to John Fummer, One Carolina. You can find him on Twitter at the One Carolina. Um, and I hope you continue to hang out with us because we got we just hang out until we all go to sleep. Yeah, I ain't going to I'm good. Stuff. But uh, tell, we've had we got some fans in the chat room who want to know how to find your YouTube channel. So at least give them the direct info, and this makes it sound like uh, we're a serious radio program because I'm <laughs> plugging my people. Absolutely, I appreciate that, man. So you can find me on YouTube at uh, One Carolina. That's just one in Carolina on uh, Instagram at the one Carolina show. And on Twitter at the one Carolina. I tell you, this is that like the Panthers. The, I I just feel like, look, is that you guys are all picking on me every week. They love to pick on Tony. They love to pick on their elder because you you, you pick on yourself. Yeah. You give them all the fuel necessary. (laughs) to They love to pick on me. But these, I'm just trying to point out to you guys some things as someone who's been doing this for a minute, who has a little bit of the over perspective last year, how many Panther fans were on Twitter Talk about James. We should have signed James Bradbury. We signed James Bradbury. Like he would have changed the whole thing. And guess what? Giants fans are saying right now. Trade this motherfucker. They're about to pay him twenty. Like he was famous. Yes, yes. They loved him. Everybody loved him last year because he was producing. I'm just trying to tell y'all is that is a recency bias or. prisoner of the moment part that comes with being a fan and for someone who was hesitant about christian mccaffrey everybody was is like ready to give up on him i'll tell you this for his first three years the story was he was durable as fuck and now he's injury prone the story is the story until it's not Mm. and that's all i'm trying to say is that like the story about sam Darnold is that he sucks until he isn't the story about this team is that they're or the you know just last year everybody said James Bradbury was the truth and now everybody turned on him. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm trying to say. Don't tell Pat Coltrane that's his favorite man. That's Loves his favorite. James that's Bra- his, or he that's probably hates friend. James Bradbury. 
Does no, he, he, yeah, he interviewed him. Uh, he got to do an interview with him, so that's nice. like that's his best. Now, friend. you know who my favorite then is Ben A. Ben Wickery. I did an interview with oh, him. No, the I, scapegoat. Ben for, uh, yeah. Oh, totally. Ron Rivera threw his ass totally under the bus. Was this before uh, or after Julio's two twenty five? Oh, this is. It was the mm. the it was oh. no it was like a three twenty five three twenty five it was a lot like but mm. it was his first game back from a broken leg or some shit and they were like go defend Julio right and it was like them poor fella poor and the other person that they threw under the bus which I did not interview was Corn Elder but one ass play like he had just come off an injury and everybody's like oh go out there um scapegoat. Can I ask you a question? Is uh, is Tony just bad luck for people he interviews? <laughs> oh, oh <hell> no. <laughs> no. So. who's got you know? All right, um, <laughs> best inter. Oh, good interview. Name all right. the players that you've interviewed, and they have to decide what happened after. All right, you ready? You interviewed right. them. Uh, ben A. Ben Wickery is one of the early ones. Mm. Demir Bird. Injured well, all the time. Bird had a sensational career. Oh, <laughs> it was a butt touchdown. That's it. Oh, dude, he's still in the league, dude. That mug is still playing. Little Bird Bird. Okay, uh, right now that's your the fame. other players are players who have who played before. I've uh, talked to Deshaun Foster. I've talked to Mike Mentor. I've talked to. Ooh, I got um. Will Witherspoon is another one. I got four or five of them back in the pocket. But, yeah, I mean, I try, I've tried to scoop on some of them uh, special team players. They get caught up in here. And then I root for them. I didn't ever, uh, you know, players I wanted to interview more than any, anybody. Number one on that list, Cameron Arnest Payne. Mm. <laughs> favorite player all time bro did he I give just, it to me i just would like to see the dms that you know that tony has tried to send the camera like i just want to see Dude, mike tobert's <laughs> mom got, mike tobert's mom fucking got mad at me because i talked shit about him one time that's oh another God. good story um oh maybe hey, man, we should talk about gonna... players who i've been blocked by <laughs> Derek anderson is one of them Fuck wow. Derek Anderson. I hate that. Dude. <laughs> I All wonder right. what you even yeah. be saying sometimes. Let's get into some of these cat calls, man. Let's see what All these right. people. Hold on, let me say. pull them up. At least give me a 30 second uh while he's while he's doing the 30 seconds. <laughs> quick thing while he's doing the third while you need the 30 seconds really quick. So I I know you guys didn't really talk about this, but I wanted to speak to this real quick about the whole fan situation. Uh, sure. PSL owner selling Ooh, stuff like I'd that. love to hear this. Yes. So here's something we got to uh, take into consideration because I realize that fans are going to show up when the team is winning. Obviously, winning cures all. But another thing you got to remember is this. Next to New York, second to New York, <clears throat> Charlotte is the banking capital of the U.S. Yes. 56% of people in the U.S. don't leave their hometown. The others that do go to more opportunity. So we're getting people from – we got implants from all around the world. Mm-hmm. Yes. Moving into Charlotte, fans of everybody else. So it's not just the PSL situation. It's literally you have a hodgepodge of people in this one city, the banking, ca- the second, you know, largest banking capital that are yeah. coming in, and they're fans from everywhere. So <laughs> I just think we had a little add a little perspective to that situation. Yeah, yeah. Well, sure. I also yeah, believe yeah, that man. PSLs PSLs uh, contribute to that. I do too. Right? right. Number one is that you have to have this money volume to 
even buy a season ticket. And then so then it becomes kind of an investment. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. The second thing is this is that um I, I go I'm an alma my alma mater is East Carolina University at oh, cool okay. college town. It's like one of the best college towns in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um and with a sort of rich football history, but always the little guy trying to peck off the big guy, you know what I'm saying? And I have always said, man, we like we have great football fans, but I don't know if we have the legacy, the success, and the history to sustain long-term troubles or losing. And I think this is that like the it's not just that the Panthers aren't winning, it's that it hasn't been consistent winning a Mm -hmm. and b it hasn't been since 2017 and now 2017 look man they're trying to fire ed ogeron at lsu and he just won the damn national championship oh there's no trying he's gone yeah yeah. right like 2017 seems is a long time ago Twenty fifteen <laughs> is starting to be a long Maybe we should hire him as our offensive coordinator. I know. But I'm just saying is this Second down, throw the football to DJ Moore, to Robbie Anderson over the top, the Panthers. <laughs> it's so good. But all of t- <laughs> I don't even know what to say because it's funny. At the same time, what I'm just saying is like, look, is that do we have the history and the legacy to sustain troubles? Right? Like, I mean, the Panthers are new and a young team. We're, how long can we flog the 2015 horse for? Is what I'm like. Is that other teams who have won Super Bowl? So if you want our stadium to not be overrun by Eagle fans or whatever, we do Buy need tickets. to get some build a legacy, bro. And 2015 was a step, but right now we ain't taking the next step. That's what we need. Yeah, All you're right. right. Let's go to the cat calls. The number is 252-228-5098. You can talk with Coach O about... <laughs> please, please don't. <laughs> oh, it's so funny, man. It's so good. What are your thoughts on cat calling? Yeah, it's pretty You shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think cat calling makes the person feel? It feels two, good. Like a three and a four and a four. Who's that cat in the back corner with his face buried in the snow? Who's that kid that can use one? Hey, Tony, Cody. Hey, and the rest of the crew. I think y'all are too hard on him. Donald's got wide receivers who are dropping passes. He's running for his life because you have an offensive line that can't protect him. And then one reason why the Panthers get outcoached in the third quarter because Joe Brady is having to deal with defense. He's making adjustments at halftime, and he's and taking until the fourth quarter to figure out how to counter it. So uh, Sam Donald, there, that there's a lot on him. Sure, he has some growing pains, but it's, it's not all his fault. I think that this guy can become a good, not a great, but a good quarterback. And also, Tony, at the game, which was the louder cheer? 
when the Vikings kicker missed the field goal to send that game into overtime, or in the fourth quarter, Robbie Anderson catches a pass and there was a loud, sarcastic cheer from the crowd. That, both of mm. them were pretty loud in my home theater. It's got to <laughs> be, be, be that Robbie Anderson. Georgia Bulldogs mm-hmm. here. They look pretty darn good. I think yeah, they are my wife's they are like a pro team. Maybe the Georgia Bulldogs won the national title. Keep up keep the good work, and I gave a donation. So keep doing what you're doing, guys. Bye-bye. Thank you for Appreciate your support. You, good call. Thank you so much for your support. My my wife's all my whole wife's family, Georgia alumni, and uh, my father in law and mother in law were in college at Georgia when Herschel Walker won the national championship there. So these oh, wow. people are they're gushing right now about <laughs> yeah, man. And, and listen, they certainly. Uh, uh, beat my team uh, up and down the field. Although we, well, that was we, the first we game didn't, of the season, we right? didn't, we didn't, uh, yeah, in Panthers and Bank of America Stadium, man, we didn't let them get a touchdown. But I don't know, dude. Listen, and, and I, I can always be honest with, uh, about this, man. Georgia football teams are cursed to choke, so I will never believe that uh, that the Atlanta Falcons or the Georgia Bulldogs. Are gonna win a championship until I see it happen, man. Every year, year you know how many times they have been contenders where they should have won, like that. Uh, when Tua came into mm-hmm. the national championship and beat them, man, it's like you always think when that Stafford Georgia was there. Was no, it, was it no, when, um, was it, no yeah, who Jake was Frum. the quarterback? Uh, Jake Fromm, no, we're talking yeah, just a few years then. ago. We're just, we're talking just a few years ago. Stafford was in Georgia. It was a while back. Yeah, yeah Stafford they were was good then But um, old, yeah, old I mean, no, listen, here. Georgia. My bad. Yeah, pipe down, old timer. Uh, <laughs> no, Georgia. No, listen, they're a good football team. Um, I still kind of worry about their quarterback position. The number one in the goddamn nation. Yeah, that changes though, man. Dude, it's college football. Nine points a game or something. You can lose one game, and then it has everyone thinking differently about you. But Mm -hmm. listen, I do think they're deserving of being the best team in the country. I'll just say that their offense and their quarterback position uh, kind of is shifty. I mean, they're going back and forth. Uh, between JT Daniels and I forget the other guy's name. Um, but yeah, they're a good football team, man. Uh, if they're able to pull it off, power to them, brother. But uh, uh Alabama, let's let's go Alabama. go down these chats, hit the super chat first, and then go to KHY with the two dollars. She says, Keep pounding C3. You know, we appreciate it, Karen. Um, but is it, was there another one you wanted me to read in particular? Yeah, I didn't see another Why one. Oh, this one? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Listen to this. Read it. Just read it Don't, out loud. Uh, you mad, Darnold? Y'all stress? I hope those PMP dudes was already I doing think, draft analysis. I think they're yeah. doing draft analysis. And this is what yep. I'm trying I to have- tell you. All of y'all shit on... First of all, we were mad at you last year. For doing the tank, tank, tank shit. All you were doing was the tank, tank, tank. And everybody I was wanted Trevor Lawrence, man. You. I don't even right. care. That's fine. No, they were mad at you. And now they mad at us for saying that the offensive line ain't good. And then last year, we'd be like, oh, Teddy ain't doing enough. And they'd be like, this is the worst fucking offensive line in the world. It's just excuse making, man. And I told them, you, you either got to try to believe that there's an opportunity for us to win or you got to get on that tank joint. 
which does sound hypocritical now that I say trade Stefan Gilmore. <laughs> You're all over the Actually, side, good. Stephon Gilmore. We don't even mm, put next call. Fuck him. Next call. No, for real. I don't even like him. If I ever hear any announcer call Joe Brady a fucking young offensive genius, I'm a fucking little Oh, my gosh. Oh, we heard that on the Sunday show. I'm going to play it again. It's the end of the season. Get a number one draft pick. Get a left tackle. Get a center. Fuck this shit over, bro. I just want to fire Joe Brady. I'm not even surprised. I think it's good that we lost. We're just going to go ahead and lose the rest of the games. And start over, bro, and get a new fucking quarterback. Thanks. How much is Joe Brady a problem, Cody? He's not uh, above rebuke, but he's not the main problem with the offense. And I said it earlier. We have Sam missing throws. You have an offensive line that, I mean, listen, we don't have to go into it. You all know what the offensive line is like. And then, you know, our, our receivers have been dropping passes. Uh, I think Joe Brady just, as much as some might not like it, he is just low on the totem pole of people to blame for our offense. I disagree. Got to be higher. higher Me too. Hit him, CK. Hit him, CK. I disagree entirely. When you have an offense as inept as this, it doesn't just boil. These are professional football players. Period. Like regardless of that, they can like. You can have this, like we talked about this last time. We said, if a player misses a tackle, whose fault is it? We talked about it when Ron Rivera was oh, here. Greg says the we coach. Said, you, you, you no, blame the Greg player. Not you, the coach. You, you blame oh, the player. The you br- blame the pay- player if it's one player missing tackles. If it's an entire team missing tackles, you blame the coaching staff. And that's what's happening with this offense. And Joe Brady has been Manila or Manila Vanilla. And uh, and he has not been a, 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 a he has not been an asset whatsoever. I think he is at the very top of the totem pole of who you need to blame for this Ooh. offensive uh, performance. And we Period. I rem- I remember specifically arguing, Cody, you saying that missed tackles were coaching fault. That was coach's oh, fault because mm. it was Ron Rivera's fault and the defensive coordinator's fault. Mm. We were missing tackles. How is missed passes not the coach's fault? Love it. All right, let's go to the next call. Don't even let him respond. I'm just going to play. <laughs> no, shut up. No, 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 no. I'm going to interrupt no, this no, entire call. Yeah, listen to G. No, I'm going to interrupt the entire call until you pause it. I get to respond. Listen, man, I am not giving anyone a pass, okay? What I'm saying is, is that if all of our team is doing terrible and they're not even operating the play he said he was low on the totem pole. Yeah, I'm saying that if if someone has to fall on the sword, it isn't going to be Joe Brady. Higher or lower on the sword. Higher or lower on the totem pole, um, um, uh, uh, Sam Bradford or Joe Brady? Sam Bradford? Uh, Higher or lower on the totem pole... Sam Darnold. Darnold. You mean you said Bradford? Did I say Sam Bradford? Sam (laughs) Sam Darnold. Yeah. Uh, Higher or lower on the totem pole? Offensive line or Sam Darnold? Off, but offensive line or Sam Darnold? Are are we talking Joe Brady or Sam Darnold? No. Now I just gave you a different question. Offensive line. Yeah, I would say offensive line. All right. Now, um, higher or lower on the totem pole? 
Sam, don't you already said like give me another one? So is like who's higher than Sam, uh, Sam um, Joe Brady? Who's, Offensive well, line, yeah, obviously. So Sam, Sam, Offen- Darnold. Uh, Sam Darnold. What Sam else? Darnold. Who else? Offensive you line. Said he was like not what, on the higher I'll end. Say those, I'll, I'll say those two. And then are, I say are, Sam are, Bradford, are by far really? more yeah. to blame. Oh, and then listen, so I think our, our receivers they had a bad game against Minnesota. Um, but unless it continues to be a problem, then, yeah, I, I'll say that our, Joe Brady is more to blame than our um, offensive exterior personnel. All of He's our receivers are tight than that, period. Dude, he Just is, period. He is the leader. Moore, you guys were about to pay DJ Moore What is he supposed to do with this offensive ago. line? Where no, is the creativity? No, y'all, y'all tell me. Tell me. What is Joe Brady <laughs> supposed to do? I mean, an offensive he's at third he's third on the totem pole but you said he's at the bottom of the totem pole no, i tell Cody. you he's at the bottom of the totem pole is he's at the Phil bottom Snow. of all the people that are taking love the him hassan reddick is at the bottom this is a, this is an important this is an important description i don't even know what the relative like what our example is anymore you asked what he could have done with the offensive line he hasn't done sure. anything different than when he started this fucking season. Period. Is that on that rule yeah. or Joe Brady? Joe Brady. Is that period. Joe Brady. Joe Brady. He is pay- he's calling the plays. Brady. What I am talking about is we have established that our offensive line is a weakness. He's what not good, Joe, man. What has Joe Brady done to address that fucking weakness? From a personnel perspective? Or from no, a from a coaching perspective or anything. Yeah. Like, from he what he has anything. with what he has, runs, you know what yeah. like you got to go to the party with what you Guys, got. I'm not he's... saying that Joe Brady mm. is above rebuke. He's I'm saying what, that he is not. not. He is not he is more responsible. But you no, he is not, he is not more responsible for our bro. offensive woes than our offensive line and our quarterback. That's it. giving him a shield. Blatant to me. All right, let's go. All right, let's go to the call since you defended yourself. G Cavassier is here, my man. Podcast brothers, how y'all doing? G Cavassier, hey man, my heart is still broken over that Vikings game. Oh man, I'm still pissed off that we lost that game. Just like last year, we should have won that game. But oh well, it's on to the next opponent, which is New York Giants. And I'm gonna say this here right now: if we lose to the New York Giants, something is going to happen. Somebody's going to get fired or something. I just got that feeling. And honestly, I believe before week nine gets here, something's going to damn change. Because, Cody, I was listening to the uh, your last little um, podcast that you did or whatever with everybody up there, the post game. Or whatever. Free for all. Man, I agree with you 100%, post-game. man. I mean, that was a good podcast. Something has to change. Appreciate like you, man. One gentleman said, David Tepper. We'll make some shit happen. This dude wants to damn win, man. I know he wants to. He, he built that that nice ass building, a training facility, a facility down in Rock Hill, South Carolina. This dude can make something happen. He's the richest owner in the NFL. He can make something happen. I'm telling yes. y'all, I still see us making the playoffs. I don't know how we're gonna do it, but I think that we can. I really do. Our offensive line needs to be fixed. And Robbie Anderson is hurt for me to say this shit, but hey. If we have to let him go next year, let it be done, man. I like that dude, but he is not doing nothing really this year. 
and he got caught what two touchdowns or whatever so far this year. He's too explosive, man. He's too explosive. And Brady, I don't know. That college offense is not really looking good in the NFL, man. So give me your thoughts on that. Do you feel like something's going to change? Because I do keep pounding. Keep pounding. I mean, we hope a lot of things change about our offense, man. Um, Yeah, I I said on the Sunday show, I think that David Tepper uh, needs to start getting a little bit of the blame thrown his way for how he has chosen to undergo this rebuild. He's a billionaire. He didn't want to come in here and wait five, six, or however long uh, to rebuild the football team, even though it doesn't have to take that long. But I think David Tepper waited too late to make every important decision that he had to make. I think he was far too late in firing Ron Rivera. He was far too late in firing Marty Herney. Then he reversed the process and hired his head coach before hiring the new general manager, which it Mm. tends to be vice versa Mm. the way you do that. Then on top of that, the Panthers haven't had, uh, you know, a a franchise left. And now this is more Federer. But in, in a way, I kind of, I view David Tepper, Matt Rule, and Scott Federer as a trio because I genuinely do feel like these three guys are putting their heads together when it comes to all decisions involving the Carolina Panthers. So Mm -hmm. then now you're moving, you're kicking the can down the road on quarterback again. Uh, We're still wondering who made the decision about Teddy Bridgewater and who paid him that contract. We're wondering about Sam Darnold and whose decision it was to bring Sam Darnold from New York here to Carolina. And now if Sam Darnold isn't the quarterback, well, man, look, the one common denominator in the past three years where the Panthers go from boom to bust real quick at the start of the season, David Tepper is the one through line in all of that. So I think we would be remiss to not start to uh, criticize some of the uh, decisions that, that David Tepper has been making. And I think that's fair at this point. I kind of yeah. have to counter that point a little bit there because you're saying that David Tepper waited too long to get rid of Ron Avera and everything else that came in. How much did he spend on this team? It was like six point two billion. billion. No, it was two point five billion. billion. Okay, it was a lot of money. If you bought a two point five billion dollar house, would you go in and immediately rip everything out of it, or would you go in there and see what feels comfortable? Oh, come and see on! What works. Like, I'm telling like, you, dude. Are you seriously going to be would, wallpaper? You're, it's not the same as wallpaper. It's an analogy. I'm just saying, would you would you really go in there without knowing anything about this franchise and this team if you spent that much money on it and just rip everything out? And the other part over? is, like, we like I, again, this is one of the defenses we had. We're glad that Ron Rivera's gone. I think that this is not a defense. And he's him, sucking but, in Washington, by the way. Yeah, but like he's but here's the problem that you know, uh, with blaming David Tepper here is. David Tepper inherited this team and then immediately got an injured quarterback that was your star quarterback. You're not able to do much with that. You then have a retiring Luke Kuechly. You have a a Kuechly. Sorry. um, Kuechly. That's your tongue twister, man. Yeah, it always does. Hey, listen, it's like literally five years of my life, and uh, it's just going to be hard to turn that around. Anyway, um, you know, you have all of these different changes that have taken place. Um, while he was the, you know, while he took over ownership, I mean, you literally like he did, he didn't buy the team in rebuild. Let's be honest. He bought the team after a really, you know, uh, I wouldn't say a great season, but like we had just gotten out of the playoffs in 2017. 
And then he bought he bought it after the 2018 season, right? Or is it after the 2017 season? 2017. Mm-hmm. So he had just yeah, bought he a brought, playoff it, team. We were bad. He, he got the 2018 season is when it went into effect. Yeah, mm-hmm. so he got our 2017 season, which was a playoff team. So he bought the team, and it was good. And so why would he immediately just go and fire within two seasons? they were good when he bought them, though. What do you I mean? They removed from a 15-1 and one season. I think it was they after. Two, and they had the just 2017 gone, season. Hmm, I don't know. 20, we have to go look at the timeline. The 2017 season, we had a very good year. 11-5. Like, and five. Cam comes out and gets hurt. We were at the game that Cam got hurt at. You and I, CK, were there together. Pittsburgh, we got smoked. No, oh no, no, that's where he got uh, hurt. The shoulder hurt. Mm-hmm. We were at the game yeah, that TJ Watt, career, which was Tampa yeah. at home. At we were at your house, Cody. I you can't for that. Run, was, was that all blurs together. The second game of the season, whatever. I remember you coming for the round. Uh, for when yeah, the uh, beginning of the year, we saw Cam. We were at Cam's last game ever that he played in Bank of America. CK I and I were there. Mm. Remember with that the game Tampa where they Bay? handed it off to Christian McCaffrey or something? They got yeah, stopped. His, we were all there. Cam's, we did the post game at your house, homie. That wasn't Cam's last game, though. You're confused. You might be thinking about the last game. You might be thinking about where he was there for the Ring of Honor. Tampa Cam's Bay. Cam's last game Tampa was Bay. Tampa Bay on Monday Night Football, wasn't it? It was not Monday night, and we were at your house. I don't remember. I mean, that remembers this. We were at you. We CK, you and I went to the game together. Yeah, but I don't we think did that was the first Tampa game. Bay. Remember, we were all went... cuddled up. Whatever. At my house. I, <laughs> I remember you being at my no. house. I'm telling you. Yes, it's we not were that there game, for the like, Cam's last home game where he. It was this, and it was a Thursday night game. It was Thursday night football. Cam's last game, game of the season, with the Panthers. or whatever. And then he did not rush it, or he rushed it on the last. And then we should have had it. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, right. it was against Tampa. Panthers at Buzz. Yeah, they, they had the agree. One time in our life, he remembers it. We were there. Anyway, this, the, where they had call. the thunderstorm. It should be the fucking four Stooges: David Tepper, Sam Darnold. Joe Brady and fucking Matt Rule, man. Wow. I'm telling you, <laughs> that's David. Tepper, that was where, where David Tepper made the biggest mistake. Oh, this Matt is Rule this. Oh, oh I played it. Hold, hold on. Hold on. My fault. He called in twice. This is what I have. I try to get the recent calls in a little bit quick sometimes. And I got it. This is G Baby, also known as. G baby, you're also known as yeah. T baby. Yeah, you're no, T baby. This is my brother. It's G baby. I'm calling him again because I'm so fucking again. How many times did you call in, G baby? Why the fuck would we trade Dante Jackson? I I don't know. I don't know if it's the nuanced fucking Panther fans, the motherfuckers that just don't give a fuck. But I am so fucking sick of us. Building niggas up that that were actually G baby is black. Carolina I know he Panthers don't sound like and it. And let him go to another fucking team. He can or, say or it, trading so him to a motherfucking team. Like, what's it. the point of training this guy? Everybody always questions him too. For four years. I know. Trading him. I had to what? research it at one point. I like the ten-year players. 
the 12 year players. That's how you build fucking culture, man. You don't fucking trade away these young ass fucking players. Dante Jackson's a top five corner in the NFL. In the, in the, oh, shush, G baby. That, mo- that motherfucker is playing his ass off. Same with DJ Moore. And when I hear some people say, oh, maybe we should trade DJ Moore, what the fuck are you guys talking about, man? Why the fuck would we trade DJ Fire sale, baby. He was drafted by the motherfucking Carolina Panthers. So we did all this work to build him up to to trade him to another team. That don't make sense to me, man. I want DJ Moore here for 12-plus years. (laughs) Like, in my opinion, that's an Asian 89 reincarnated, man. Why the fuck would we trade him? Hassan Riddick, I would love to fuck Hassan Riddick, but he wasn't drafted by the Carolina Panthers, man. But don't get me wrong, I would love to sign him. But he wasn't drafted with the squad. So what does that guy do, do with it, G-Bay? That's how I fucking see it, man. But I would love to keep him. Neither was Sam Mills. Such passion. Like said, or neither was Greg Olson. This, this, this week. I would love to see if we can play. Like, why is... Okay, I'm going to let Snow... Uh, uh, Coach Snow off the fucking. Uh, I'm gonna let him go a little bit because we didn't have C.J. Henderson. But when all our starters come back, Sam Franklin and motherfucker Sean Chandler better not be in the goddamn game. Those are special team players, man. Those are special team players. I don't know how many times I gotta say this shit. But Dante Jackson, what the <laughs> fuck? We should, we need to give that motherfucker the bag, man. Playing his ass off. That's just how I feel about it, boys. That's just how that's that's just how I feel about it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna continue to call him tonight, man. Yeah, uh, but he already. I'm, I'm skipping two and, of his calls that were before. Room, by the way, liar, bro. I told you that dude's a fucking card artist, man. Lie, he, he, he don't have a problem lying to our fucking faces, man. I'm trying to tell you guys, man. That dude's a fucking pathological fucking liar, man. Who is he even he talking never about? Never got man. the goddamn job, Eric. The the man. He be the, the fucking man. <laughs> I think it's about Matt Rule. How about this? Is Are we giving Matt Rule? Uh, all right. So I always say this. G-Baby is one of our most passionate callers Clearly. and fans all the time. <laughs> yeah. And people make fun of me because they call me T-Baby and my cousin. <laughs> but at the same time, I always say there's some sort of wisdom in his passion that you can find. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, my question, or at the end of that call, at the end of the day, but um, do we are we giving Matt Rule a pass? Hey, because I don't know what I think about Matt Rule yet. You know, is like, is he this great motivator? I don't, I don't really know. It's like right now he hasn't been awful. He hasn't been good. He hasn't been good. He hasn't been awful. He's kind of been bad. Like, when do we, are we giving Matt Rule a pass? I guess that's G Baby's wisdom into uh, I the think call, for, the call. for at least <clears throat> the next, this year, certainly. Um, next year, possibly. But um, right now, what do you think right now is this? Right is now, it, yeah, like, of course. I truly believe that he's going to be the coach next year, and he should be. Like, I think it would be foolish to fire him right now. I, I mean, I will go out on the ledge and say that Matt Rule is going to be the coach of the future. Like, I, I mean, I'm I'm not wow. afraid to say that. Yeah, I'm not afraid to. I'm, I'm not afraid of that. I'm out stuff, and then this and the that. I mean, it's not been clean this year. I it thought hasn't. last year he did better than I expected him mm-hmm. to do. I would say this year 
nothing has looked good, and he's been a part of that not looking good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> y'all, y'all know how I felt about Matt Rule the entire time. Yeah, now you're there. a defender. Now well, no, he's been reeling me in, but <laughs> there is a lot of problems, man. A whole lot of problems, and it all it does still boil down to this year how this year turns out. Like it's kind of a make or break year for him. You know, I've been putting up with him, and I've said since the beginning, you, you, you know, just a lot of coach talk talks like a preacher and now everybody else is starting to say it's what it sounds like yeah man that's what he's been saying the whole time it's that's what all coaches do though so yeah. by the way oh cody did uh did frankie louvu save chase blackburn's job that's what i wanted to ask you i mean that'd be a better question for ck ck uh found out that um uh frankie louvu why don't you hit us with that hit us with that stat CK about uh, Frankie Louvu. So if I told you at the beginning of the season that Frankie Louvu was the first Carolina Panther to hit 90 on the PFF boards, would you guys have been like, no way he's going to be the first one? You have Brian Burns, Reddy, you know, CMC even was healthy for three games. He didn't hit that. You know, you have DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson. You have all of these pieces but it's Frankie Louvu who gets the first nod for over 90 on PFF grading uh, for the week six performance he had against the Vikings. Um, I mean, it's just hard to hard to argue with uh, that 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 dude coming out and just just performing as well as he did amidst a very bad defensive outputting the entire day. I wouldn't say that I don't. Well, I wouldn't be surprised. Like it wouldn't. I mean, I would. I wouldn't say that I would believe it, but it wouldn't surprise me. Because I mean that this kind of stuff happens all the time, you know, like undrafted players, players brought in from other places, you know, uh, better scheme fit, better culture, you know, uh, they feel wanted in different places. I just can't, you know, I guess for the life of me, I can't understand what Frankie Louvu either wasn't doing in New York or, you know, what they couldn't evaluate in him that we would end up with him, you know, for, I mean, I guess virtually nothing, right? Well, I think that when you make a special teams block, when you block a field goal, that's going to be in the algorithm. Like, all of a sudden, you had a great day. You know, like, so he played on defense and made a game-changing play on special teams. Mm -hmm. So PFF will certainly rate him. Like, uh, he's awesome that day. Just like, imagine... I mean, think about this is like you could have asked that question about Jeremy Chin when he had the two touchdowns against what was it, Minnesota or Minnesota last year? Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota. Like you could have maybe asked that, like, would you believe that Jeremy Chin is the night? We probably would have said no. I Uh, heard and it's just awesome that they were. They had a good game in a game where no one else on the team really did have a good game. Can yeah. I ask a question really quick? So sure. yeah, get I heard Matt Rule say that Tommy Trimble was this year's Jeremy Chin. Like, why is yeah. he only being utilized with shuffle plays and you know? Don't like you think he's been utilized runs? a lot though? I think he's actually gotten a lot of action in a way. Like, I mean, he's made some game changing plays. He has, but you know, I, I mean, more in the I like guess the a, fullback a little bit more. The, no. That would be the thing is, where has he been at fullback? But I haven't seen a fullback on this team all year. Have you? No. Yeah. Well, Reggie is, yeah, but he's not. No, I mean, but like in the game? Yeah. 
They'll have him in there for blocking schemes. Yeah, a couple of not, times. Yeah, but not they, they've much. given him the ball, but like for the most part, he has just been in there as a blocker, as a fullback. I've never. I've, all right. I mean, I'm, I'm. I believe you guys that it's happened, but I don't believe it's like been a. It's not a staple of our offense, man. Right. Right. But usually fullbacks aren't. You know. No. Yeah, the fullback position is rare in the NFL today. Hey, by the way, uh, Tony, I did some some digging. While we were just sitting here talking, I looked up the post game for that Thursday night game, and me and you was at our own cribs, bro. Oh, how about how old? How young were we? Where was this hey, at? Hey, look, you want uh, uh, that? Was, oh, what was that? The cam got hurt forever. You, you want you want to hear like like five seconds oh, of it? Yeah, I ever did, seen uh, Cameron Newton ever play? Yeah, period. <laughs> Right back to his childhood. And listen, I'll say this. Ron Rivera and Norv Turner need to be fired fucking tomorrow. No, no, no. All right. There there is no difference between Norv Turner and Mike Sula. Oh, no. Oh, I had the bars even back then, (laughs) y'all. What's up? No difference between Norv Turner and Mike Sula. What was the game we were at, CK, then? I what mean, we went. Um, we uh, went to. We did a the post, thing, I've done like a post game. We, we went to a few. Yeah, game. we went to a few. Like the most notable is the Jacksonville one, um, because that was the Ring of Honor game where Christian McCaffrey um, had that really nice. I think he had to flip into the end zone on that game. Um, yeah, Jacksonville. And, yeah, Jacksonville, and that was uh, Cam Newton was there in the uh, in the stands. Like in the uh, in the in the box, he was in the fans. Yeah, like he was in the. <laughs> what he was, was the, the last game that we were there that he played together? We've been the only one together then. No, did, y'all go, to, ever... did y'all go to Seattle? Mm, no, I, I don't think we to, we God, went to the game. Rare. We only went to the game one season, and every single time we went, it was Kyle Allen as quarterback. I think we watched so much Panthers. We all have CTE. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> like we all just all have traumatic. How about that? Is that look at how young we look there? That's what I love about it. All right, let's go to the next one. And it's probably G Baby. It should be the fucking four stooges. (laughs) We already heard that one. Joe Brady and fucking Matt Rule, man. We heard that one. We heard Nah, I didn't play it all. I stopped it. That was where David Tepper made the biggest mistake signing Matt Rule and fucking Joe Brady when he should have signed EB and Cam Newton. That's where all this fucking shit went wrong. I mean, I'll be goddamned if Cam Newton ever let this shit happen. Come on, boys. If we had Cam Newton this, do you really think Cam fucking Newton would let this uh, shit happen? Right. After Too bad. We got to go. On. No more Cam Newton talk. Hey, guys. Nice it's Joey. What's up, Joey? And, uh, I was thinking at work while I was slinging uh, packages of screws and bolts into boxes. I thought he was going to say something else. I know. The podcast is tonight. And what do I really got to say? And the thing I really got to say is that, like, I think a lot of people forget that we're in a rebuild. You know why I say that? Because we were pretty damn good for a rebuilding team. I mean, most rebuilding teams, like, look at the Jaguars. Mm -hmm. Like, they had the number one pick, and they got, like, I don't know. The best thing since dicks were invented. What does that mean? That's what they got. I know this guy was being talked up. I'm not saying he's not that. 
I think he's taking after you. Backboard still have work to do. A lot of work. Me? What do I? What do I gotta do? I You're gotta always cut, talking gotta about dicks. What are we doing? Gotta cut that sound clip out. I know the best thing since dicks are invented. All right, here, let's go to his grandma around. We gotta give him his grandma around. Anyway, guys. Wow! wow. <laughs> I shut it up. Good God, Joey. All right. Uh, Joey, the next one. Panthers are just missing their main primary weapon, of course, McCaffrey. Um, the last three losses have been heartbreaking, but I believe with a few tweaks here and there and the slump killer, which would be the Giants, everything should go back on track. All right. This is the call I want to talk about. Um, John, is the see what do you see the season looking like from here on out? Is we're three and three. Um, we started out three and no last week. I go on this radio show every week and we make our picks. And when we were three and one, three, uh, three and two, mm-hmm. now we're three. Yeah, I said it felt like we were two and three. Mm-hmm. Um, even though we've won three games, where do you see the season going? I mean, like, um, yes, we've got two winnable games. Ahead of us is at least that's what we think with the Giants and the Falcons. But we also thought that the Eagles and the Vikings were, you know, um, opportunities for us to win. Mm-hmm. The schedule is going to get tougher starting with New England. And then you got to play Tampa Bay twice in the back end. You got to play Buffalo. Where do you realistically see this team going in the future? Um. <clears throat> I think it can be a little tough if we don't make any uh, philosophy changes. Um, and here's what I mean. I don't think that you reinvent the wheel, but, you know, we talk about Matt Rule and his timeout situations, you know. It's been I bad. Th- it has been very it's bad. It's been bad. And it wasn't just this past game. We've had every Last week season. this year. You know what I think that comes from? Again, it's one of those situations where you over-prepare like when he was tr- trying to throw Morgan Fox into the game, you know, that time and there was a 12 minute. Where has he been at, by the way? Good question. But, um, you know, I feel like when you go into like the coaches have a game plan, right? And they have a couple of contingencies. Let's just say for the sake of argument, a coach has a game plan and they have maybe two or three contingencies that they can use executive orders, if you will, from a presidential perspective uh, that they can use at any given time during the game flow. Right. But for the most part, you know, just like every coach says, you win the game during practice during the week. Well, if we practice all this stuff during the week, but then you add in another 10 contingencies, that's when you get these timeout issues. That's when you get the personnel issues and things like that. So I think that they've got to stick with their philosophy. And I'll tell you this, this is one of those philosophies that I'll speak of. I think the philosophy has to be we're willing to do whatever we have to do to be successful. What if this success looks like this? What if they give someone that most of us would say has been lackluster to say the least Terrace Marshall Jr. an opportunity to do what he did in college, which is not only play the slot, which is where they're mostly lining him up, but also outside, give him a chance at some 50, 50 balls. But guess what that would require? You would have to move Robbie Anderson to the bench sometimes and also outside of position. And to me, I feel like that's something I'm willing to try. I mean, what else do you have to lose? I got to see what I got Sadly, he has a concussion, so that might take a little bit. Right. But I'm saying Um, once you get that guy healthy, 
You got to, I mean, what about Shy? Yeah, he, like, like you know, we thought he was going to be a bigger part of the offense mm-hmm. earlier. But Everybody think, thought that Terrence Marshall Jr. was going to be a bigger part. Not yes. like a world beater. In fact, mm-hmm. I think I got some bets with these people on this podcast if he was going to get 600 yards. And I said he would not. So some people on this podcast, you're going to have to go find that tape, Cody, and send me some loot. Mm-hmm. Somehow. I, you got to give him a shot, though. You know, you just got to give him a chance to play more than just, you know, the, like a slot position. Like, he's got to have some time to you know, play outside. And like I said, I mean, he's a, he's a a big body receiver. You know, we saw him a couple of times in camp, you know, against the Colts go up, you know, and high point, you know, a ball to, you know, bring it down. And, you know, the crowd went crazy. Give him that chance in the game. You know what I'm saying? Like give him some, uh, you know, throw it up and just, you know, give him a 50, 50 shot just to see what you do have. Uh, Maybe they're doing that in practice and we just don't see it translate to the game. But I think that, um, you know, if if those things and I'm not saying that that's what has to happen for this to change. I mean, a couple of different plays and we're, you know, five and two right now. You know what I'm saying? Or excuse me, not five and two, but uh, yeah, yeah. Potentially five and two, you know, with a, a couple of things going our way. But um, excuse me, four and two. My apologies. Um, but I think that this season has an opportunity to at least show us what this coaching staff will look like moving forward. Um, I think Phil Snow is a staple. I think Matt Rule is uh, potentially a staple. I think Joe Brady is obviously the odd man out in this situation. But I just hope it doesn't fall apart and look completely, you know, disgusting the whole time. And I think we, you know, maybe we end up five hundred. And if you know, that's still early. It is still very early. Still very early. You know, everybody wanted to fire Ron Rivera in his second year, Mm -hmm. and then the third year. So uh, Ron Rivera takes over. Cam's rookie year, which was 2011, mm-hmm. we win like what? What we win four games or something like that. Like, mm-hmm. and then oh six, it was even better than I remember. In 2012, everybody said Sean McDermott sucked. In 2012, we had this terrible defense, mm-hmm. right? We go and get Luke Kuechly, and then we drafted two defensive tackles the next year in K1 Short and Star Latule. Mm-hmm. And our 2013 defense got nasty, mm-hmm. right? So I mean, we all wanted to fire Ron Rivera at that point in 2012. Not let me we just, all, I, you know. But say, like, I mean, you got to be a little careful <laughs> to not throw the baby out with the bathwater. Thank you. And I just want to say this one more quick thing, and then I'm gonna, you know, shut up. But you know, we got to be careful. Like, you know, I heard earlier from a call, like, you know, if we lose this game, then David Tepper's really got to come down on, you know, these guys. And, you know, you hear a lot about the Matt rule being fired, man. Unless, let me tell you, if you, if David Tepper makes the decision to fire Matt rule, even after this season, if he finished and loses every game, then what he's telling you is that winning or the attempt to win is more important than culture building and giving the opportunity to. Because most franchises that we see do that, Cleveland, Detroit. The most recent that we saw do it, but now they're sticking with their guy was Arizona. They fired Steve Wilkes after one year and drafted a new quarterback after drafting Josh Rosen. But they gave that guy three years, and look where they sit right now, 6-0. and But we so have one give it question time. about Tepper on this, is that um, everybody as a Panther fan was excited when David, when David Tepper came in because he – finally got rid of the shields on the middle fields and he put mm-hmm. the Panther logo and he seemed like this hip dude that was trying to get things done. Right. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to David Tepper and this team, is he truly, um, 
I guess um, what I think is this is I feel like he's kind of a Wall Street guy which wants immediate results. Like they, they. I feel like he's a day trader a little bit. And what I'm worried about is that yes, is that he is decisive. He went out there and paid Matt Rule. He did all of this, and he says the right things. He did the right things. Right, like well, he paid Matt Riley, gave him eight years. Mm-hmm. But Cody, how many times have we said this? What did I? What did I come on here and say all the time? He should have should have hired the GM first and then the head coach, and he didn't do it. It almost seems like this is that look, he got rid of Teddy Bridgewater after a year. It's just he's very knee jerkish to me, and I'm worried that he's a little bit of a um, chart chart trader like if you trade stocks you look at the charts Mm -hmm. like you're a guy that's just trying to look at the dips and then this and that rather than the long-term dude but there's and i feel like there's an impatience to david tepper right now right yeah probably unnecessary unnecessary remember that uh another former uh co-owner of the pittsburgh steelers did that same thing and he's the owner of the Cleveland Browns, who John mentioned. Jimmy and they Haslam. did, and, yeah, and Jimmy Haslam. And they wow. did that same thing where they would always bring in a new coach. They were always bringing in a new quarterback because they came from a, a, a football town and a football team where winning was already entrenched in that culture by mm-hmm. the time they had become owners. So mm-hmm. they were, they, they were kind of spoiled and, and, you know, not having to know what it takes. To take a team from no Super Bowls, from I don't no think David Pepper is a long-term a visionary time. genius, man. And I'm not saying he's not, but you got like everybody coordinated him just because he made a billion dollars on buying Bank of America when the stock market was in the shitter. Well, see, this is where I, I this is where I'll say it's different, Tony. Being what David Tepper was, which was a hedge fund manager versus an analyst, are two different plays. So let me give you an example, right? You talked about oh, uh, day trading right, and and looking at you know the stock sheet. An analyst is going to play the daily market. The difference right. between him and a hedge fund manager is right. a guy that right. has to go out and get more new investors, which you have to show, hey, I've got these people growing here. Why don't I bring you on? That takes patience. In order for him to get to the point where he got to, he had to add more investors, more investors, more investors. He's got to have a balance of short-term, long-term. Absolutely. And that's why I think it's a little different with him because he, like like Cody said, the Cleveland Browns, they got a hardcore fan base. We have we're not a storied franchise. We only been around for twenty some odd years. You know what I'm saying? So they ain't ever won shit either. They have. They a, have they're it. just old. They're just but they old. have history. Yes, they do have they a have real history. It's a testament to them. But they haven't ever even won shit, bro. Mm-hmm. Well, they did have win. They won. Somebody looked that up. Have they ever won a? Super yeah, Bowl? they won a championship before the NFL before the NFL, NFL merged. Yeah. Oh, that merger. doesn't count. I kind of think the same thing. It's like, it's before. Right. Right, let's Why go not? to the next call. I mean, it right. counts, it's but good, it was a different, a good it point, was a different man. I'm very interested to see if um, David Tepper's success with Bank of America and the recession of 08 um, translates into the success of Carolina. Because that's kind of what we're thinking about. It's like mm-hmm. he's, we are trying to think of him as a chess player mm-hmm. somebody playing the marketplace and maybe it works i hope it does but i feel like he 
is a little bit more recent returns than people want to think. All the right, thing he's got to be careful with, though, real quick, is if you do fire Matt Rule or something like that, you got to think about oh, how that no. plays with Phil Snow. How does that play with Phil Snow? Yeah, yeah. I don't think fire Matt Rule is the answer at all, but I just feel like he is. Mm, I don't know how to say it. I think that Matt Rule definitely has next year. Yeah, I totally think that. If Matt Rule gets fired, Snow is out the door with him. And, yeah, and um, is Snow the best coach on this staff? Uh, who got it? All, all the people that are in the chat that tell me I'm stupid. <laughs> Boom. First on the first on the watch right there. Next call. Hey, guys. Joey again. I oh. just wanted to help you since I said my memory's awesome in the last call. That uh, Pepper bought the team after the 2017 season, guys. Because there was this thing after um, the – the 2018 game when we started six and two, I remember that. I remember we started six and two in 2018. I remember what was it? Was it the Ravens we beat? Was that one of those games? Was that the Bucks game in 2018? It was in November, and I uh, went with my dad to that one. Then I remember this watching that god awful Steelers game while I was in school. At GMS, and that's like you stay there. So like, yeah, like my house parents, like they would let me watch the damn uh, football game because they knew I was a nut. If I didn't watch my Panthers, I'd lose my shit the next morning. So uh, that was that. Um, that was not Cam Newton's last game, but it was the relevant Carolina Panthers under Cam Newton's last game. And then 2019, Rams week one. I don't even like bringing up this week two game. It was absolutely god-awful. The worst thing I've ever, 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 ever had the displeasure of. Not seen. Yeah. I remember there was it a, is like, the truth. It, like knocked our TV out or something, and my parents didn't even watch it. I was like, "Thank you, Lord." You, it was it was it was bad. Then the uh, the Ring of Honor game. I was at that was the game. Some real she was kind of hot too. That girl that took me on the field, took me and my mom on the field. I bit down and touched the grass and all kinds of shit. So uh, yeah, that's your recap. Anyway, guys. Wow, wow, wow. Good recap, man. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, he's got the mind like a cat, man. Not just a growl. He, uh, he, he's able to remember these things. Um, so many questions. I, I really need to meet Joey one day and, and really talk with him and get his backstory, you know, just us talking and figuring out. <laughs> his backstory, his man. Life. I love, I want to hear about, uh, I actually want to learn the most about where he works at. No, like the thing that I want to know more than anything because he's like, I remember it was like he was like sewing these trinkets or something on, like, not like it was like, I mean, like he was sewing for like parachutes or something. It was crazy. He works at this factory doing something. 
I'd love to hear it. I mean, he can't see what he's doing. I'm sure he's, he doesn't even need to, though. He probably does his job better than everybody He doesn't else. need to. He can't. Yeah, he doesn't need to. He doesn't need to, man. He's got that, that spicy right. sense. He's got that pants. We've gone sense. through about every topic you can think of talking about. So we've got a few to end up on. Um, Was that the last call? What's this? That is the last call. All right, cool. Um, uh, picks. We got to pick the. We got to pick the game. And I said I was keeping up with it. I think we were tied last. Well, we didn't. We didn't do it. Uh, every, anybody? We didn't do it last Tuesday. We we didn't. We didn't do it last Tuesday. But I will say on the Friday free for all, I, I was the, on the only one. The Vikings as well. I was the only one on the Friday free for all to pick the Minnesota Vikings to beat mm-hmm. the Panthers, man. So I got tape. I got tape too. Is anybody here picking the Giants? We got to go in the what's road. The, what's the score? It's a, spread. it's a trap game, homie. Oh, the spread between the this Giants and the Panthers? It's a trap game for I think the it's Panthers. Three or three and a half. Hang on, I'll check. Three and a half. Hang on. Yeah, they're, yeah they're, so they, they, think, they think that they're a home favorite. The three and a half points. They sure. Um, they're a home favorite? No, we're a favorite. We got to be a road favorite. It's the Panthers game. minus two and a half. Yeah, so wow. we're a favorite. Yes. So it's close to a pick if you use the Yeah, yeah, that's what they would say in the old school. They also say that the road, uh, the home field advantage doesn't matter anymore. And it certainly doesn't matter in New York, who has not won a game all year. I also read an article about the Giants fans. You want to say they said this is that the Giants, the first line of the article I read today was, is the fans who decide to show up boo. (laughs) <laughs> that was the thing i mean there are we're we're upset think about how people how pessimistic we are at three and three these mugs ain't won a game since like it's been a while. The new orleans saints drafted <laughs> and they beat the new orleans saints you mean did they uh, oh yeah, yeah. I, and I that's right saying, i think that they did one win. did yeah, do that and oh gettleman we get a little gettleman um revenge match we get the uh, Bradbury. Bradbury. Yeah. yeah, that's fun. Graham Gano. He'll probably have like seven picks. Graham Gano. Fucking Graham Gano. Isn't Butler? Isn't Butler on the Giants? Should have never let him go. Nah, Butler is. Uh, Vernon Butler's on the Bills. Bills. I think. Yeah. Didn't didn't right. uh, Gettleman pick up somebody else that was a big bruiser? Oh, we... So hey, before we hold on, before we pick this game. Uh, I think it's important to note that Giants have placed left tackle Andrew Thomas on IR. Uh, apparently, and, they're pretty and they big. drafted. Was he? Did he draft him last year or this year? Uh, two years ago, that was my number one rated offensive tackle yeah, in that class. Yeah. yeah, over Jedrick Wills, I had him above everybody, and he has been playing good. Um, but apparently, right now, was the he Giants... playing left tackle? Because I thought the yeah, other guy's soldier was playing left. No. Um, and by the way, just in perusing the Giants subreddit, there's all these discussions about uh, Giants are historically bad right now. So they hate uh, Dave Gettleman, bro. He's they hate Dave Gettleman. They don't like their coach a lot. They don't like Daniel Jones. Um, how about this? We're saying Christian McCaffrey is injury prone. If Christian McCaffrey is injury prone, then so the hell is Saquon Barkley. Dude. Saquon Barkley. Oh, it's yeah. oh, he definitely is. Aaron he definitely Conf- is. It, 
Isn't this the greatest staring contest from injured? I told you, you know, I was so surprised. I didn't get a single like or retweet. And I thought it was a great tweet today. Is that they, it was something to the fact of the best staring contest or for people. No, get ready for the tweets from people who say drafting the running back in the top tw- 10 is a bad idea as CMC and Saquon watch from the sideline stare at each other from the sideline. Um, I think the most important narrative of this game has to be about how we stole Matt Rule from New York, the New York Giants. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good Great one. That's a good one. Does, that's a good one. Um, hey, by, by the way, again, uh, the their starting offensive linemen, the guys that will have to protect uh, Daniel Jones is Nate Soldier, Matt Sakura, Billy Price, Will Hernandez, and Matt Pert. So if none of those names wasn't uh, Billy Price a high end, uh, there's a like wasn't Billy Price a kind of a high prospect? Yeah, he was a second like round pick. I think, was, uh, uh, I think it was I think it was a center from Ohio State. If you don't beat the fucking Giants, bro, that's what I'm saying, dude. It's gonna like, be bad. This is, look, this and they is don't good. even got Saquon. They don't got Saquon. Uh, Galladay's probably never. He never plays. That motherfucker's always there. Tony, do you remember my theory on how I say week six? I know. I'm already worried. It's after that. That's when you separate the men from the boys. And I'm telling you. Do you think there's a bigger chance of us losing to the Giants or the Falcons? And I would say it's the Falcons. Like, I mean, if we lose to the Giants, I'm going to be fucking nervous. So it's Atlanta because (laughs) Calvin really is a really good player. They finally started to use Kyle Pitts in a way that is, oh, uh, yeah. you know, using up. using and, and and listen, man, say what you want about the old timer, man. Uh, but Matt Ryan, he can still chuck the ball if he's got mm-hmm. a little bit of time yeah. to throw. Hey, I don't like the asshole either, man. I'm not defending him. Yeah. I hate That's dude, not the it, question I asked. The question I ask is like, if you I'd prefer to move. lose to the Giants than the Falcons. How about that? Yeah. If we lose to the Giants, we're losing to the Falcons down there. Oh, man. Man, oh, yeah. Boy. If we lose to the Giants, it's about to tumble out of control. Start trading everyone. Mm. All right. <laughs> um, we're all, all picking right. the so Is anybody picking the Giants here on this show? No. No. No, I'll go all Panthers. Right. I still think Nobody that it's going to be a matchup. It's going to be I'll, a I'll say, I'll say 27 24 Carolina. Mm. I don't know what it's going to be. I hope it's going to be anything. I, I mean, how how pissed yeah. are you going to be if it's a game winner by Graham Gano? Oh, right. <laughs> oh dude, I'm, like, I'm going to let y'all do the show. A career, <laughs> not, like a career I long. Not, dude. I <laughs> fucking hate Graham Gano. A if 67 he, yard. I'm picking the Giants. I'm picking the Giants right now because of that. <laughs> oh my god! All right, mm. um, let's. I you want to ice some fools up? Yes. Are we picking the other games? Um, John, you familiar with our last segment is an homage to uh oh no, we gotta oh, pick yeah. the NFC. I'm very familiar set. with That's what I was saying. Are you picking the game? All right. I got who, one to ice up too. Uh, who is Atlanta playing, Greg? Atlanta is playing oh sorry. Um uh Dolphins. I am it's picking a two and a half points. Tony's on the <laughs> yeah, Atlanta minus uh, two and a half. Yeah, Atlanta's playing the Dolphins. 
Ooh. I picked the Dolphins. I got the Dolphins. I'm taking Atlanta. Dude, uh, Tua came back. All right, I'm not even going to tell you why. Y'all pick your own yeah, picks. Um, I'm sorry. I, I, <laughs> I hate to... Y'all tell me how good Kevin Ridley is. I, I on, hate to sorry. do it, too, but that Dolphins team sucks. Mm. So I'm also going Atlanta. Uh, wow. Who else is going to Atlanta? Cody and who? Uh, Greg. I'm not, I'm not Greg. going to Atlanta. Greg, you're going to Atlanta? Yeah. What do you got, CK? Yeah, I'm going to Atlanta. I wow. hate going to Atlanta. Um, John, if you, who are you picking? You said Miami and Atlanta? Yeah. Yeah, Miami and Atlanta. Miami. Good. Ooh, all right. Mm-hmm. Hey, I hope I'm wrong on that one, by the way. I'd love it. Me too. To lose everything right. Oh, yeah. Uh, I agree. Uh, now great. we got uh, uh, New, or- New Orleans and Seattle on Monday night. On football. Monday. And it's New Orleans minus five. Oh, is Cam going to be starting? Ooh. <laughs> that's what the rumors are. That The rumors are that if he's going to go anywhere, it's going to be Seattle. That'd be crazy. I picked New Orleans. Um, Anybody else got anybody got Seattle? No, <laughs> not without Russ. Yeah. I'll, t- I'm no, no, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll go crazy. They no. almost beat uh uh who'd they play here recently, man? Uh the other night. Pittsburgh. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. They almost they almost beat Pittsburgh. I mean, come on. Pittsburgh's not that great. Uh, yeah, I, I know, mean, come on. Hey, y'all pitch Miami. Come on, I can pit the Seahawks. <laughs> At least they still have Metcalf. True. Who Metcalf looked like an idiot this week talking shit. Yeah, that might be yeah. that that uh, could be a good ice. Like, I mean, I like DK Metcalf too. Like, well, actually, I don't know if I like him. I mean, he's just a good looking fellow who catches ball down the field, but he turns out to talk shit to people that you just should know your place. Like, don't talk shit to my grandma. You know what I'm saying? Com- like, he compared cool his career to a Hall of Famer. Like and, bro, and then what are you he, doing, then he tripled down. It was the triple down joint where he said, "I could wipe my butt with your resume" or something like that. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Ah." Um, John, did you say him. you're picking the Saints? Oh, in that game, no, I got Seattle. Seattle, yeah, huh? let's Who's go. You, Jameis right, will Jameis on Monday next? Night Football. Woo, I like that one. Jameis kind of Jameis, y'all. Gino will Gino as well, though. It's true. Gino. That's facts. Um, all right. What's the <laughs> last one, what's the, Who's Tampa Bay for you? Last one's Tampa Bay, Chicago, and Chicago plus 13. Wow. You know, um, no, it's a Chicago at Tampa Bay. That's nothing. The Texans-Cardinals game is Cardinals minus what's 17. Your boy, Cody? <laughs> what's your boy, the quarterback? Justin Fields. For, yeah, yeah. Um, you know what is that? I I thought that Chicago was not going to be able to do anything at all this year. And look, guys have a little fight at them mm-hmm. in the last couple of games. The last two weeks got some fight in them. Mm-hmm. Underestimated. How about this? And everybody yeah. says I'm such a biased Clemson fan. I'll say that of the rookies thus far, I think Justin Fields has probably been the most impressive. Granted, I haven't seen everything from every uh, quarterback. I hate to say it, Mac, Mac more Jones than your is own far boy? superior. Yes, I was say, you can't say Trevor Lawrence is anywhere close to the top of that group of impressive, right? Well, who would be? Uh, I mean, it, by, the way, none, by the way, by the way, none of those, none of those rookie quarterbacks 
Like oh, they're all they're all ranked in the bottom of the NFL right now. Yeah, I'm just talking quarterbacks. I'm saying of the four, I think Justin has probably flashed the highest. Probably. Sure. But, um. Yeah. It can't I, I don't be know. Mac. If you come to me and tell me Mac Jones did it, that's what CK said. CK said Mac Jones is the no, best. Strong I don't know. Your no, Tony. I am talking like I don't know if you watched that game against Dallas. Like oh the God. dude has some that pass. Yeah. Like Sorry. the dude is not a bad quarterback. Mm-hmm. Like, he's and he's a rookie on a team that doesn't have an identity yet, and he's actually trying to do his best to create one. I I was making fun of that dude. Don't get me wrong. Like I did not want him on our team, but right now he's looking like he's the best quarterback in that draft class. Right now, at least, and that's not to say Trey Lance and Justin Fields can't build up. Mac Jones has had the opportunity to have the starting gig the entire season, so he's going to look better. So I'm going to give him that. But he's he's got a better supporting cast than uh, Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence doesn't look fantastic. He doesn't look bad, but he's definitely not like the the game breaker that we thought he was. Yeah, so I not, take it everybody's taking Tampa Bay, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Tampa Bay. <laughs> yeah. Anybody not anybody taking Chicago right now? Well, I and took you know Chicago. With, I took Chicago with them. You know, the worst person on their team is their coach. Yeah, Chicago. <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah. Chicago with the points, I'm, I'm oh, I want to bring this up as uh, Dave Gettleman, who we're playing with the New York Giants this week, our former um, GM, who I loved after after 2015. I had the vote for Gettleman sticker on my Twitter, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like after that 2015 draft and we were Coney Ely, it was almost defensive, like almost MVP of the Super Bowl. It was dope yeah. as fuck. But Dave Gettleman has made a lot of errors in the mm-hmm. meantime. Right. And then I saw somebody put this up is that draft. Uh, so we get Vernon Butler and then, uh, the, who's the defensive tackle in Kansas City? Uh, Chris Jones. Yeah, like he was the net. Like so, we didn't even get the best. Of, um, and maybe it was uh, Vernon Butler. Yeah, I saw Vernon a Butler. tweet. I saw a tweet. Like, and there was saying. like all of these things. Is that this? Another one is that we get Kelvin Benjamin, and there could have been. Uh, uh, Devonte Adams or yeah, the tweet was that we, no, the tweet was, was that we could have had Derrick Henry over Vernon Butler, and we could have yeah. had Devonte Adams over uh, Devin Funches. Mm. Um, the who was who's the guy? Uh, Allen Robinson. We could have yeah, had Allen Robinson too. I mean, there's a bunch of, and I know you could do this for every GM. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, I know you could do it for every GM, but it seems. And I have said this. Go pull the tape, Cody. Is I feel like Dave Gettleman wants to prove to you that he's smarter than every, smarter than everybody. Like he wants to just show you that he knows something better than you do, rather than just picking the dude that everybody fucking knew was awesome. Listen, I'll say this: I never ever wanted to. Uh, like I didn't think being a G- an NFL GM was a cool job. Until after listening to Dave Gellerman speak, now I'm not saying he's that he's exactly. good. He's not yeah, I'm not. I'm not he's saying that. Uh, that he's you know, the man's without fault. He's definitely done a lot of wrong. But I would be lying to you if I told you that I didn't 
really enjoyed listening to his insights He's on football and team building and and the hog mollies, you know, the oh all yeah, that, let all a that. big boy walk. I mean, he's got the best. Oh, but a lot uh, of the stuff the that he said, that was a big one. He used to you say, know, but no, Shugana. For, he used to his, always say these Yiddish statements when he came up. They were wonderful. <laughs> he he said this. All right, here here's the problem with Dave Gettleman, bro, is that he said what he said, which was awesome, and he didn't do what he said. It's kind of like those who can't do teach type mm-hmm. mentality. And I will tell you the very moment you know that it happened, he said this, is that you're supposed to use free agency to set up the draft. And that is yes, you want to build your team to a point where then when you go into the draft, you let it come to you. And then if a guy is there and he's wonderful, you can draft him with not trying to fill a need. But sadly, he said that, and he never did that. And the the examples are this, is that the reason we drafted Vernon Butler was a play against Star Latulale and KK Short, trying to give the Panthers some contract leverage. So they didn't set free agency up for the draft they tried to set free agency up by the draft another example was this they rescinded the um what is it the franchise tag for josh norman and at the last moment and then they have no fucking quarters and guess what they did they drafted james bradbury zach sanchez and daryl worley he did the opposite of what he said so Dave Gettleman is a wonderful dude to hang out and listen to. It's Mashugana. He's got these great fucking Yiddish statements, but he hasn't been successful yet. No, he hasn't, man. Uh, he, he needs to take his and own they're ready advice. to get rid of this motherfucker. They hate him there in New York. Yeah. Uh, you ready he to drafted some- Daniel Jones, homie. Daniel yeah, Jones. That was always terrible, man. His That's eye for talent. Is there anything his, his eye for talent. His that. eye for talent Tell is what that. ultimately did him in. His eye for talent is what ultimately did him in. He did have a lot of good philosophies, like big men win football games. He says which is the inevitably right true. Says the yeah, right it's just doesn't know what he's doing. And then bro. he doesn't do it. All right. Yeah. What's your ice up pick, Karen? I got a good Dude, I have the best one. I, I, I really right. do think I have the best one. And I think They're it's always take... the same. I bet you it's mine. No, I, I don't I don't think it is. I feel um, like it'll be mine, yeah. Is it a uh, fight at Panther I, Stadium? No, that's no, that's not it. Um, you might not uh be expecting this, but I'm icing up Cam Newton. Mm. Mm. For and, waiting too long. And Greg, I don't know if you saw um, this. But Cam Newton was a part of DC fandom. And you all know that Cam has his big into the hat game, right? Well, uh, he now has his own hat line. And he is making personalized hats for DC Comics, man. Including Superman hats, right? But peep the prices on some of these hats, yo. (laughs) Who is spending... $750 on a Superman hat. Cam, bro, 
You're the only one Knife. spending that kind of money on a hat, bro. What are you talking about, man? Hey, I love me some Cam Newton, but I would rather swallow thumbtacks before I ever spent that much money on a hat, bro. I'm sorry, Cam, but my bro, especially now uh, when everything is generally in a recession, dog, my man, the reason I love the Panthers, I'm going to have to say ice up, son. This ain't it, man. Why would you pay that much for a gray and black hat, dude? It makes zero sense, man. I'm sorry. That's my People pay time. that for shoes all the time, though, and stuff. Mm. Yeah, it. those prices are wild, though, man. <laughs> like, I don't know. Maybe that's just me. But all right, I had to do it, man. I had to ice up Cam. All right, who's next? I'll go. Let's see. Let's hear what you got. So I've got to ice up the man, the myth, the legend, Jackson Mahomes. Oh, Um, good one. Jackson Mahomes is an idiot. That's just to, you know, put it plain and simple. And if he's not careful, he's going to, he could be, you know, we've seen people's careers end off of this kind of stuff, right? Because the pressure that's on Patrick Mahomes right now and his performance for his brother to be doing all these crazy TikTok dances everywhere. And then the worst and the most egregious one was him being in a roped off session, a section, excuse me, on top of Sean Taylor's number 21 uh, number in the end zone when they're retiring his you know jersey that day and be doing a TikTok dance while Patrick Mahomes wife is filming it. I'm like, bro, come on, man. Look at this dude. Not a good look. At all. And that this is it, right? Oh, you here. know how weird, you know how weird that that man like six eight. This is um the TikTok society is toxic. A interesting one. I don't know what's that like I feel like you see people dancing all the time for like no reason or doing this. Suspect. Yeah. All right, what do we tell him? What do we tell that cat? Yeah, everybody's doing shit just to be famous now without caring about consequences and shit. Do you think he was trying to be famous or do you think he was just a famous uh, ass dickhead that didn't understand what he was doing? No, no, he knew what he was doing because this this is mm-hmm. like par for the course with him. Like he does this. These TikTok things are, I mean, it's it's commonplace, but yeah, right. if he's not careful, he's right. going to end up getting, because like at the Baltimore game, he ended up pouring water on a fan, you know, and Patrick Oh, Patrick. yeah, he did that. Yeah. So this isn't the first time. No, no. Oh, wow. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Basically, he's, uh, yeah. I think he's going to turn into what Aaron Rodgers' brothers turned into, which is like someone that Aaron yeah. Rodgers hates. Like Aaron <laughs> Rodgers is not like his brother. Like whatsoever, that's it'll eventually. Turn, I mean, I assume Patrick. I, I I have my own personal feelings about Patrick right, Mahomes, yeah, but yeah. um, good eyes up, good you know, good eyes up. Yeah, great. Right, can I? Um, this is what I want to ice up is. So um, you know, I have like a ton of followers on Twitter that are. It's only Panther fans. Like, I started my account. Like, I don't follow people. Like, everybody I follow is a Panther fan in some way. And so, I feel like I have a good pulse of what's going on in Panther Nation. 
And this past week, the two videos surfaced of Minnesota fans fighting with Carolina Panther fans. Mm. And I would also say, too, it didn't seem like in one of them that the Panther fans were all that cool. Right. But at the same time, then I look at this old lady, and I'm going to show the video in just a second. She's a bit biatch, too. Why is all this? Minnesota people are kind of tough. Like you see the what what wasn't um the uh George Floyd mm-hmm. Minnesota Minneapolis yeah. you see yeah I mean there's like I've seen like um the other guy um good God the one that was the worst and I wish I sh- I should remember his name um he got killed he was trying to pull his gun permit out of his uh oh uh, box. Philando Castile. Yes, thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it, it seems like the Minnesota turns out to be a rough and tough tumbling place. Mm-hmm. You know, like where a lot of shit's going on. Now then, um, we get that fight where I don't even like to talk about it because the Panther fans were pushing this old man around, and I don't know what he did. And you know, sometimes I probably would have been. Who knows? But this is weird. What I'm about to show you is this. Is there nothing cool about it? Number one, the old Minnesota Vikings lady is shitty. Like, I would want to kick her in her face right away. But this skeet, skeet, skeet Carolina Panther girl is just as bad. Like, this is about to be, to me, this is a, it's just gross. Do you hear it? Kind of. So loud in my earbuds. Can you hear it at all? I can hear it. I just can't hear what the woman's saying. <laughs> what is she doing? <laughs> So, this old lady tells this girl, oh, it's gross. What? Here comes, she comes back for more, I think. The skeet, skeet, skeet joint. And I can barely, look, look, here it is. I knew she came back for more. <laughs> oh my God, I knew that's it was more. It's awful. It's awful. Look at this. It's so terrible. All right, so I'm going to have to play again. So bad, I got to play it again. Look, this old lady tells her. So this old lady right here is fucked up. Look, she's yelling at this dude. And who knows what he said, but he looks all right. But this old Minnesota lady is pissed. And she's yelling at him. She says, fuck you. And then she throws this girl. She said, don't spit my face. She says, sit the fuck down. Sit the fuck down. And this girl goes to skeet skeeting on her. <laughs> what the Look, fuck is, is going on? Did she actually spit in her face? It's so gross. No. Well, maybe. I don't think spitting. I think it's she's just like talking. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Here it comes. Here it comes. This is where it gets fucking awful. 
So who are we icing up here? Look, Erica, <laughs> it's like Silence of the Lambs shit. <laughs> it's like a... I'm sorry. All this is like, I don't know what to say. I don't know who the grossest person is. I wanted to be mad. I really, really wanted to be mad at this uh, Minnesota Vikings lady for being like trying to chastise this girl. She called her a bitch. She said, sit the fuck down when she won't do nothing. You're like, so I wanted to be mad at her. But then when she stood up and started throwing cum on her, like, damn. Silence of the Lamb shit. It's a little bit much for me, man. I mean, she had double skeeted. It was I skeet, mean, skeet, skeet. She was like singing the song to her at the same time. Skeet, skeet, yeah. skeet, skeet. It was too much, man. Too much. So what I say to you, all of that scene, ice up. Ice up. I mean, <laughs> God damn. Leave it off. Stop. And that did you see how excited she was to do all that? Did you see? I mean, she was just like so happy. I was like, God, you want a penis, girl. <laughs> I mean, it was it's it's a lot. It is a lot. CK, you got eyes up big for us. I, I do. I want to get this uh uh hold on. I want to get this uh picture over or I can or at least Open image in new web tab. I just, I, I think it's important. It's <laughs> so bad. It was so bad. It went mm-hmm. the second time she came back for it. I mean, she came back like she had been. Pro- she looked like Spider Man. It looked like a Spider Man joint. I didn't know if she was doing a Brian Burns celebration or <laughs> a skeet, skeet, skeet celebration. Was she actually throwing something out at her on her face? No, she was. Fake just master. gesturing. I think okay. that's what it is, right? Isn't that yeah. what that move is? I believe so. All right. I'll I'll to... this All right. So this is Robert Pattinson as Batman, mm-hmm. like well as Bruce Wayne. Who is um, that? That's Robert Pattinson. Why he does like he look dead? Barista. That is that is your Batman, by the way. Like that's who is the new Batman, mm-hmm. and this is him in the movie. Oh and it's what this dick. does is this brings back memories. Of Spider Man three, when Topher Grace or mm. not Topher Grace, um, emo Peter. Toby McGuire, uh, yeah. he he went full emo, mm-hmm. full emo, and it was the most cringe thing I've ever seen in my life. And honestly, I'm just very like disappointed with the way that Bruce Wayne looks. Mm. I lo- he looks really good as Batman. I'll, I'll be the first to say it. Like the Batman suit and everything looks really good, really good, but. Like when I saw this preview and I was watching it, the only thing I could think of is like, God, I am not going to be able to enjoy this movie with him looking like that as Bruce Wayne. Like, like this is the reality of it. Like it's, it's similar to like, like let's just assume that Spider-Man wasn't goofy and and having a good time. Right. Spider-Man was just all doom and gloom. Like you would not enjoy that whatsoever. Right. And that's just what I imagine about this. Like it just is a complete different, character to what bruce wayne should be and so for that reason um i was giving this the benefit of the doubt this this trailer has uh kind of turned me off of what uh this new batman is going to be and for that i say ice up robert pattinson because you do not look like a very good bruce wayne mm. ck who was the best batman 
Um, you know, Michael it's, Keaton, bro. Number it, one. The, the OGs, baby. You know, those those are good, but I mean, how do you argue with the Dark Knight? Like, I mean... Yeah, I, I, I will fuck with But why did he have that crazy voice shit? Like, it was too much. And I think they toned it back. Is that, It was like so much in the first one. He was great. The Dark Knight, right? Like, it was wonderful. Thank you, but Karen. Still, Michael Keaton. Batfleck is the best. Batfleck? Really? Yes. Uh, uh, yes. I don't know. Dude. Be a nerd say that. Because, no. dude, it's, it's Zack Snyder, Dark Knight, Rick like Ryan. My favorite comic book. Like, yeah, it's, it's just, it's all, I'm back like I'm all over that one right there, man. Anyway. Um, uh, John, what do you think? Who's the best one? Uh, Christian Bale. It ain't even close Christian to Bale again. did great. Do you not think that that voice in the first one was a little over the top? Oh, it was like so <laughs> much. It felt a lot of voice recorded. Where's the trigger? It just, yeah, you know, yeah, it, it, it um, yeah, I I, I I don't fight that. I'm not gonna up. I'm yeah, not gonna no, be upset great, with it. Yeah. Um, but Michael Keaton, that first one, man, who was the best Joker? I'm on that. I know that's easy. Heath Ledger. I. Mm, mm. I'm gonna be honest with you. I it, I had to watch, and I and it pains me to say this because I'm Heath Ledger all day long too. But after Joaquin Phoenix, man, he did a great yeah. job. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking what, forward to this. Can we sequel. say that no one has really done bad with the Joker? Like, I think every Joker has been I... like, um, who did bad with him? Jared Leto. Yeah. I think Jared Leto wasn't given the opportunity to do what who, he was. Which one was he in? I don't he even remember. Him. I always thought about, it yeah. was um, Nicholson. Who's Jared Letterman? Which one? Suic- was he in? Suicide Squad. Squad. Yeah. Oh, I didn't watch that. Yeah, yeah, I think I think I would agree. I think Jared. If we're ranking, I don't know if you could say he did a bad job, but if you're ranking, like Jared Leto, definitely is on the bottom of the list. Mm. But yeah. like you said, he didn't get an opportunity. But Jared Leto, like it just his his it was too. I don't know. Like it, it felt like he was never going to be able to be the main like villain in a movie mm-hmm. like it did not feel like he was going to be able to take that to a level that needed to for a joker character mm-hmm. wait till you see the air cut just wait to see the air cut remember how it was with the Zack snyder cut and the justice league how much mm-hmm. better the snyder cut was wait till mm-hmm. you see the air cut and see what the joker was supposed to be in suicide squad i think mm-hmm. with the one with the uh, phoenix, uh the phoenix cat was, yeah, that was a great movie yeah it was a, a great movie That's there was I- you know who I think is this is I would rank it is the Dalmatians joint. Hundred one down uh the Cruella DeVille. Yeah. I put that up there in the Joker. Well like that, like that's the she did a performance like the Phoenix. Was it what yeah, Joaquin? Is it Joaquin? Yeah, yeah, yeah Joaquin. Yeah, I I loved it. Yeah. And I liked uh I like Jason Bateman. Anyway, we got to get the fuck out of here. It's 12.20 in the morning. <laughs> We've been talking about the Carolina Panthers for three hours. And this is what I need y'all fans to do. Is smash the thumbs up button. That's easy. It's free. You've probably already done it. But this is what you can do. You can phone a friend. Phone a friend, folks. Drop a link of this show in Reddit. Drop a link in Facebook. And I don't even know what people look at anymore. Those are the only two things I know. 
but God forsaken, help us one person at a time. Share the link. That's it. You can follow me on Twitter at cat underscore chronicles. I'm worried about this Giants game, Cody. And I'm not like really scared, not scared or worried, but like, damn. Like, I mean, it's week six. We need to learn about our team. But I do, and you're on mute, by the way. You're quiet as a motherfucker. Oh, he's good night, Cody. He's out. Like, he can't even talk no more. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We love you, baby. I'm here, man. Oh, oh, how'd you do it? How'd you do it? Anyway, I think, look, y'all think we're going to make the playoffs. I'm going to trade Stephon Gilmore. (laughs) I think this. Go to bed. Go to bed. No, dude, look. um, I'll say this, man. Uh, No one should have full faith in this team right now until they prove it let them earn it first let what them earn your oh, trust and affection no, i'm not man. asking that question we'll no don't yeah no, no we'll be now all i'm saying is this offensive line actually has to earn your trust before we can actually pick them to easily defeat whatever team is ahead of us man because uh the the jets weren't supposed to have the type of performance they did on defense Neither did the Texans, but that they still did. So we're not going to be surprised if the Giants have a good performance. But yeah, the Panthers have to do better. I'm um, gonna I, uh, yeah, go ahead, CK. I was. Th- I think what we should do is uh, to be prepared before we get done tonight. I think we need to go through every offensive snap from the last uh, six games. Uh, I know. I mean, and, like, uh, let's stay up. It's like yeah, a marathon. <laughs> like, Y'all can do that. Right, on um, <laughs> John, where, where can they find your work? Thank you so much for hanging out with yeah, us. Man, fantastic. The audience, man, has yeah. loved you. They want you to host my podcast more than me. <laughs> man, listen. Like I said, I've been a, a big fan of you guys since I, uh, you know, first started, you know, watching uh, Panther content. Uh, you guys were the first ones that I found, and so, uh, you Thank know, been, you. yeah, no problem, man. I've uh, been a fan ever since, but uh, yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, to be here with you guys tonight. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, it's, I am uh, definitely wanting to do that. Uh, what we talked about in the end, but I don't want to give it away. But yeah. Oh yeah, yeah yeah. Oh yeah. CK, that's CK and K- yeah. man, you guys are gonna be great. I'm telling yeah. y'all. That'll, like I know, but I can see it. I'm not good at it. Y'all are great at it. Yeah. It's gonna be awesome. But uh, yeah, you can find me uh everywhere. One Carolina, the One Carolina Show uh on YouTube. Just One Carolina, One Carolina Show on Instagram, and Be One Carolina on Twitter. Perfect. Um, Greg, what are you guys talking about this week? Uh, this week we might be talking about Dune, but I don't know if everybody's going to see it in time, but then we're definitely going to be talking about the regular shows, Dune. Titans and Dune. Like, the, yeah. like the video and, game? No, the movie comes out on Friday, the remake mm-hmm. of Dune. Hey, where can I find so, you, man? My wife oh, you, likes to come. Oh, uh, the, it's at SCS Podcast 1 on Twitter, and uh, we go live every Friday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, super oh, the Service Super podcast. Civil okay. Servants Podcast. Yeah, I hit you up on Twitter, super. and I'll send you a link. Yeah, do that. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Uh, we're covering everything. Wonderful. We're doing The Matrix next month because it comes out in December. We're doing Dune coming up soon. The regular shows, Dune Patrol, Star Girl, Titans, all that good stuff. Anything Marvel DC that comes out. Star Trek, Star Wars, everything, man. We cover it all. So, um, and my man's been pounding the pavement for like 
three years now almost now three years yeah there? we're yeah like, we're actually promoting there? the comic we're promoting wow. comics week big bigfoot nose kung Fu, or karate yeah. is, uh, the producers nice. are creators that are gonna be on there so it'll be fun these guys don't quit i love it and that's what it's about folks you gotta have mm -hmm. that tenacity mm -hmm. and i'm telling you don't give up on the panthers and when i say you're gonna be like oh tony you already gave up you want to trade stefan gilmore yes i want to trade stefan gilmore i'm not giving up on the panthers from the week to the week do i think we're winning the super bowl no never thought that in the first place but i do think that ck has one of the best voices on the intranet that could be possible Agreed. and you can hang out with him uh and play some video games and do a lot of cool stuff ck tell them how they can find your work uh you can find me uh pretty much on all social media platforms uh code dizzle allen um if you're interested in watching me stream video games you can find me on uh, facebook gaming youtube and uh twitch um, and, uh, you know, we, uh, we, we have some fun. I enjoy it. You know, we'll, uh, continue to grow it right now. It's, uh, not super, uh, it's, it's been a, a lot better this past month than it's been in a while. So if you guys are interested in coming and checking out some of this new stuff that's coming with these new games coming at the end of the year, uh, it's definitely worth a shot. You can help every single person on the internet that is a creator by giving them a like, by giving them a share by being a part of their community. We are not in, not like, look, it's just go do it. Just go hang out. One person, one chair. Look, um, Greg, you already got John on the, the on the joint. That's it. It's one person, one chair. That's mm -hmm. it. One person, one thumbs, one chair, one friend. And uh, C uh, CK, Greg, John, and I tell you, Cody, you my best friend. Hey, Cody's my best friend. Partner. Cody's my best friend. And we've been doing hey, this. Me it's so good. Friend. How about that? How about that? You meet your best friends on the internet. Yeah. You do, man. You do, so wonderful, man. man. I'm telling you, we are building this community. Help every single person. That's all you got to do. Who gives a fuck? Root for us. Root for them. Until then... Keep pounding. Keep get us out of here. Pound. Peace and love. Pounding, my, my wife's going to divorce me. <laughs> <laughs> I fell asleep. Let's Bye, get everybody. Out of here. <laughs> She's all right.